0: Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 44, which is Werner Hartzog's 2005 documentary, Grizzly Man. It is the first documentary that we cover. It is Dan Thrawn's favorite documentary. At least that's what he says. Uh, and uh, I thought it was really interesting. I was, I've known about the film... I was a little reluctant to see it myself, honestly speaking, because I just didn't know what the tone was like and I just wasn't very interested in that. Uh, but I'm really glad Dan suggested it. He did a really good job uh, on that. And uh, Werner Herzog is an interesting filmmaker, for sure. Um, Eric Schiele, uh did a fantastic job of doing the images on this uh, and also participating in the podcast. But he, the images he did of integrating us into the documentary are really really funny. So I highly suggest you go to martinigiant.com and go to the Grizzly Man page and check out the images that Eric did because they're really good. Um, I uh, I don't really have anything else to say except that you guys should totally uh you know make sure to share share Martine Giant with your friends if you want to uh, if you want them to know about it. We've got some great episodes coming up. If you have suggestions for new episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to podcast or email us at podcast at uh, You can also use us on social media. We're on all the social media platforms. On Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash giant. On Instagram, we're uh, uh, martini underscore giant. And on Twitter, we're at Uh That's about it. So, <laughs> all right. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy this amazing episode of Grizzly Man. Everyone seems a little down today. Really, a little bit, a uh, little uh, slow. <laughs> it was up- not so excited? It was
1: an-, an upbeat film. I don't know why you think <laughs> we'd be down. <laughs>
2: yeah, I can yeah. Pick them.
0: You're saying it's quite. It was a bit of a bear of a film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, unbelievable. <laughs>
0: He was an interesting person. Didn't film, film didn't go exactly like, like as it should be. Film doesn't exactly go the way it sh- think you think it
2: is. Oh, that's go. interesting. I would like to hear uh, your thoughts. Yeah. on Yeah. Should we tell people what we're talking about?
0: Well, yes. So it's this is our first time we're ever talking about a documentary. Oh, this yeah. is our
2: first documentary. And I forgot about that.
0: It is our first documentary. Mm-hmm. This. And uh, this was a recommendation by you, Mr. Theron, who decided you wanted to talk about Werner Herzog's Grizzly, Grizzly
2: Man, Man. Yes.
0: Which was filmed, came out when? 2005? Yeah. I six, right. Five, yep. something like that. Right? Yep. Yeah. So... Um, the general premise of this documentary, it's a documentary about a man. What's his name again?
2: Uh, his name is uh, uh, Timothy Treadwell. Timothy Treadwell.
0: And Timothy Treadwell made a name for himself as someone who would live with grizzly bears in Alaska to because he wanted to protect them and befriend them. And uh, stayed there up there for 13 summers. Yes. You went up there to hang out with the grizzly bears and uh, recorded video for the last five summers of that experience um, and uh, ended up dying by getting mauled by a grizzly bear yep. uh, and uh, being eaten by
2: a grizzly him bear. Him and his uh, girlfriend uh, uh, both killed. Him and yes. his girlfriend. Uh, both killed.
0: Yeah, both killed by the grizzly bear. So Werner Herzog uh, looked into it, uh, found the tapes, and created a documentary about this person. And much of the documentary
2: Uh, is referencing that footage, is referencing that tape itself that Treadwell shot. mm -hmm. Those sort of interviews with himself that he shot.
0: Hundreds Mm -hmm. of hours of stuff.
1: Hundreds of
0: hours, yeah. Well, well, think about it. five summers he was up yeah, there, right? Different. Like three months at a time, four months at a time. Um, so you, know, you don't spend, you don't, you don't, you're not. By the way, summers are important in Alaska. You don't, uh, you don't camp out in the winter in Alaska. That's not. Yes, yeah, also, not that what he did was particularly <laughs> in a, anyway. advisable anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so what I thought was interesting is a lot of people see that documentary. And think, what an idiot! Of course, he's going to get killed by the bear.
2: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yep.
0: so th- yeah. So there's a little bit of the there's a little bit of that, like he's an idiot. In fact, one there's a guy in the film who basically
2: bears. calls him an, an idiot. Like he gets there's, there's right. one person in the interview who says he got what he deserved, you know, for uh, being right. being a dope and being up here, thinking that bears are his buddies.
1: Right. For, for me i kind of saw it as like um a really great non heist heist film <laughs> yes <Okay>. well nothing <laughs> there was he 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 clearly had
0: demons he was wrestling yes in, yeah in his life uh and they werner made a pretty good case for that
2: <laughs> yeah i think uh yeah. i think you're onto it there it's the 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 sort of the I think that is sort of the heart of the film. And um, right now, are you guys? How are you uh, both familiar with Werner Herzog movies or his documentary? Yes,
1: yeah.
0: yes. And uh, so, go ahead. Why don't you give us your your little thoughts on that, there, Mister? I am a
2: Werner Herzog is one of my very favorite filmmakers in every way. What's your favorite? Um, golly, that's tough. I would say my uh, Grizzly Man is my favorite yes. documentary of all time. So that is uh, one of my favorite films from him. Uh, my favorite. Uh, fiction films from him are uh Aguirre Wrath of God uh, fitzgeraldo um mm-hmm. and uh uh and he's just got Goli. what is it Goli leaves the... Oh yeah, yeah yeah I mean he's he's made like he's made a great number of films and he is an incredibly intense uh personality um that yeah. uh, is is an incredibly driven filmmaker and uh and uh and he just continues to jam onwards, I'm not sure how old he is now, but he's in his 70s, I'm sure, and he uh, uh, cranks out, he had uh, two documentaries come out on Netflix recently, uh, Back to Back, um, uh, Lo and Behold and uh, Into the Inferno, uh, which are both great, and uh, uh, he also did another one of my favorite documentaries called uh, um, Encounters at the End of the World, and uh, if you're going to double-feature Grizzly Man with anything... I would say also check out Encounters at the End of the World, which is about life at McMurdo Station direction? in uh, Antarctica, oh, and wow. it, uh, about a, a what McMurdo station? station in Antarctica, and uh, what's a McMurdo that station? is a place. Uh, McMurdo is a uh, is like the major science town in Antarctica. Got it. And uh, and uh, the study he he just sort of it's not a documentary about Antarctica itself. It's a documentary about the people. Who go to Antarctica. And, uh, Isolation. isolationists. And so the, uh, yeah. so it has strong connections to Grizzly Man. Uh, and sort of how, what he's approaching and how he's approaching it. And the and thing. And the thing, of course. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm not wearing my Think t shirt. I thought I was. But, uh, right. but yeah, no, I've, uh, like this guy, you could do, <laughs> there's almost no, uh, bad choice in picking a Werner Herzog film. But if we're going to isolate one, I want to pick on Grizzly Man because it is such a, uh, a strange bit of work uh, that applies in so many different ways outside of it just being the movie about the guy who got eaten by a bear. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm interested yes. to hear what you guys' uh, first impressions are if you haven't seen it.
1: I had not seen well, it before. Chris, you go, though.
0: You just- I hadn't seen it before either. So you and I actually, uh, Eric and I were chatting on the phone yesterday evening about something else. And we said, have you seen grizzly man yet? And I was like, no, I'm going to watch it <laughs> after this because no. yeah, me too. <laughs> so I, I mean, I'd seen, I'd seen documentary or I've seen pre, uh, trailers of it. I've seen, I've heard about it. I'd never actually seen it before. So I was like, okay, well let's do that. And, uh, I was like, ah, you know, it's gonna story. It's it's going to be the story about some crazy man who did some really stupid things up in Alaska. And you're like, oh my god, whatever, what an idiot! It's not because he was very interesting in a lot of ways. Now he definitely made mistakes. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't get that close to animals. Yeah,
2: and Herzog doesn't back off from that. Like, it's not advisable. Herzog doesn't think that what this guy did. Uh, like, was well-informed. Like, he, I think that Herzog believes that... Right. Uh, that he was, that the guy was slightly, uh, well, he was definitely telling himself a story. And, and that, and I think yes. that, yes. that in in Herzog's view... But he covers that aspect, too, yeah. yeah. Um, but that he doesn't mean he name. doesn't respect him and find him really sort of um, a beautiful subject and, uh, and, uh, and, and prized and, and like, sort of, Prize open the nut of this guy's life, uh, and what he was, like what led him there. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I really liked it. I didn't see it as an idiot getting eaten. Uh, I didn't even see it as like, well, he basically went up there to, you know, basically commit suicide. I just there was something about him that society people who don't fit in. I thought that the best for me, the most telling part was um, a little bit with the parents, but more when he was talking and saying, I wasn't gay or, you know, watch that, that whole thing where he was really, you can see he was frustrated about his sexuality or in some ways. (sighs) And then he couldn't fit in. He didn't know if he was gay or straight. He just wanted to be loved. And, Modern society compartmentalizes so much mm-hmm. that, you know, you can s- – he is no different uh, than a guy who goes to rob a convenience store because his wife left him and he's got nothing. Yeah, right. And it's – that's why I was saying like it's a non-heist heist film <laughs> because right. those – I love those because it shows characters who have nothing left, nothing yeah. left. And Well, I think it was interesting – go ahead, go ahead, Eric. First. So he, instead of going for the money, he was essentially saying – I I want to just find these these creatures that love me, even though in reality it was just – he was slowly uh, losing his mind too because I kind of wonder. I couldn't – I'm not a isolationist in a sense. I couldn't do the Antarctica thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'm wondering if he wasn't really built for that either because I wonder – some of the times he was very straightforward and other times he was just so loopy yeah. that it was like he was really insecure and really scared. Well,
0: hold on. There was something that was very interesting that Werner said that was brilliant i don't forget I forgot the exact words that he said, but it was specifically he's the uh he's trying to he he keeps doing these takes. Yeah. yeah he's, an he's a documentary. Mm-hmm. And he's like, take one, take two. And he would do completely different tones and did completely different. Act. One was ridiculously angry, take. And then another one, like he got it out of his system. And then he did the one that was what he was trying to say, but in a calmer way. And it was. Vernon was, was like, he's bas- basically the actor and the director at the same yeah. time. He's directing his film about himself. And putting himself in a situation, he was not so directly that it sounds condescending, but he was seeking his own celebrity in some way. He wanted right, right. and then his ness was meaning that his life had meaning.
1: Yes. <laughs> well,
0: right the, the, they talked He didn't it. have meaning
1: about his life. Yes, but he put meaning into being an actor and celebrity. and when he he talked about it when, whether he was on cheers or almost got cheers. There was a, that was his dad's. The yeah, point is role. he was an actor. Right. Yeah, and he just was an actor who, you know, he was trying to give himself value in his life, and he's using a tool set that he knows, which is, you know, acting and, and performing and doing that. But it's really, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it was very sad commentary on, on – because there's people who don't fit in and um, – people who make mistakes and maybe they don't fit in and they're frustrated and they're, and it's, you know, they do things like drive a car off a bridge. Right. How crazy is that guy? Well, what drove him to it? Right. This guy, you know, took control of an airplane and crashed it into the ground, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it was a very sad film because we somehow document these lives and I know what Werner Herzog was doing, and um, I didn't think he was too judgmental. You know? Yeah, I think he's very kind of empathic.
2: Go. I think he's like he's incredibly yeah, and... empathic to this dude, and I think he feels a connection with him that's uh, that's very real. And...
1: Yeah, and the the way he basically said to destroy this, that was very important scene oh, it's for incredible. me because it was uh, to describe yeah, the Yeah, because it really this, is. Uh,
2: the, there's no um, so. Uh, 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 Amy huguenard and um uh and timothy um uh you know were uh were killed in their like attacked in their tent and killed um they uh someone had the presence of mind to turn on the video recorder that he filmed everything with um but the but there was no, there was no video, video like, the, lens the lens cap was still, still on. on and uh so the only thing that's on the tape is the audio of them getting killed, and you do not hear that tape in the film, but you do see Mm -hmm. um, Timothy's um, very close, uh, like ex-girlfriend, an extremely close friend, uh, gives that tape to Herzog, and Herzog listens to it, and it's one of the most, I'm I'm more moved by it every time I see it, Um, because you can see... Herzog's, like he's in the frame, but he's not, he's not like filming himself you know like he's not like dominating the frame um and, and you can see that he starts to shake while he's listening uh and he says to her like you must you must never listen to this like that don't ever do it and it's uh, mm-hmm. the, uh the incredible uh, uh like i felt i felt that Herzog would really like he, he may never have met this guy. But he understood him so well uh, that you can see like that's when this it like, really becomes a loss for him also uh, in in making the film like this is like this is when everything becomes very real for him and uh, and you can and he because he serves Herzog serves as sort of the emotional bridge um, for the audience in that moment where it's like it's easy to sort of go like. You know, you see the guy going like, well, you know, Timothy was a, you know, fucking idiot, and he got what he deserved, and blah, 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 and like, part of you is like, well, kind of, yeah, I mean, the guy was, you know, out here dicking around with bears, and he, it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing, but the story he's telling himself in order to do it is not true, and he's like, he's he's creating a sort of a fantasy world for himself um, that is only going to get more dangerous, but... Once you see Herzog react to that footage, like you can't, like be that distant from the movie, at all anymore. Right. Do you think Herzog likes humans? I think he loves. I think he loves them. I don't think he's a. I don't like. He's characterized as sort of a misanthrope, but I don't. I really don't think so. I think that he is fascinated by people, and he really thinks, um, oh, like watching people uh, wrestle with. Actual feeling is one of the most beautiful things you can you can see with your eyes, and uh, it's just that people are so prone to um, tell stories to themselves and sort of lie to themselves, not consciously, but really like create a context in which whatever they're feeling isn't you know it, you know is 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 given a meaning um, that uh, that we. That it's hard for us to get in touch with what we really feel because we're try- constantly trying to like remap it according to whatever fits our story best. And so he tends to let the footage on people roll until it reveals what they're actually feeling. And uh, like Chris, you brought up before, like you'll see um, Treadwell like start a take, or, like he's out there like, I'm Timothy Treadwell and I'm here out here with the bears and he starts this whole thing. Yeah, it's crazy. And then he stops. And he sort of thinks about it and does it again in another tone, or he gets mad about something and then goes off in this massive angry rant when like uh he wants to be sort of sympathetic and you know, he wants the tone to be like, let's appreciate appreciate nature. And then by the end of the uh by the end of the cut, like Herzog's shown what he really what the guy really feels is like incredible frustration, like blind anger yeah. striking out at everybody. Right you know and that's what that's what i love about Herzog's films is he, he lets people unpack themselves before your eyes and he doesn't do it in a sort of a novelty way or say like ah oh, see i got this guy I got this. like he just lets the beauty of self-realization or the lack of self-realization unfold for you and it's uh, and it's really stunning in this movie i think
0: yes but one thing it was it was a little bit about her song oh too. it's
2: entirely yeah, absolutely I completely agree. go on
0: so he makes he makes himself he puts himself into the story very mm-hmm. much so which is an also a thing but it, there was there was so many interesting takes on it like that we're realizing you know specifically you're, you 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 go into this and it's like if someone says what's the f- Film Grizzly Man's like, oh, it's a story about a guy who was up with the bears and he got killed by the bears. And I was like, okay. And you are going to think, what an idiot! You shouldn't be with bears because we—that's what we're told. We're told we shouldn't right. be with bears for that very reason. They're massively yeah. violent, and uh, and uh, and just you are you are it's a gamble, right? The fact is, he was up there with the bears living. Right next to them for thirteen
1: right. summers. But the other thing that they say, he, don't talk about too much—he knew them. He was trying to unionize the bear colony, and that, <laughs> yeah. that's really what. That's like, him. in the end, you know, it's yeah. Like, it's the Jimmy Hoffa you story. You especially
0: there. those, those, are those yeah. are hillbilly right. bears, They're and they are quite, voted. Yeah. They are Trump voters all so the now whole now, way.
1: Voters. There's fuck unions exactly. is the way they think, exactly. and fuck you unions, cross that right. line, and you're going to exactly. pay for it. And now Fred is buried in the you
2: know the fifty-yard line at the giant Stadium. He is in a casino
1: (laughs) up in Anchorage.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of which, the thing that was really like ridiculous was the hate mail that they got from the guys. Like the the those guys got what the fucking they deserve. They should get a bunch of grizzly bears and release them on all those libtard Dems on the Berkeley campus. (laughs) It's like wow. And
2: this is the this is I think you're like you're getting at the heart of the movie for me. This movie is not about bears. This movie is about um, mm. projection. It's about uh, how we yes. tell ourselves stories and how we project other stories that we need to feel onto other people and or onto right. bears, for that matter. Like, Herzog's right. pretty straightforward about, like, you know, he's, like, he's watching the videos of the bears, and Herzog's, like, you know, Timothy Treadwell thought that these were his friends and they're caring and they all had, like, um, a special inner life of the bears that, you know, like, they're really trying to connect to humans. Oh, chocolate. Yeah, uh, chocolate. and uh, and her and, well, and Herzog, hold on, he knew, he knew. Well, Herzog says. He knew how dangerous well, they, they were. Like, that's the thing, it's like, it's not that Trinity Treadwell doesn't know how dangerous bears are, but he is constantly making up stories about, like, oh, you know, like, oh, that's chocolate and chocolate's like this, and he's like, blah, blah, blah and that's how he feels about me, and such and so, and I'm here to save the bears, and He's in a protected wildlife enclave. He's not saving bears at all. Like it's just not true. Like none, none of what he none mm. of what he, he says he believes he is doing is what he's actually doing. There,
0: he never did anything that he was like you know. He's not protecting them from no, poachers. None of that is actually happening. Poachers never. Yeah, went up he believes
2: there. that that is happening. Right. Like so, I believe I think he believes that. Like, sure. He's told himself that story of him as a hero, himself as a hero so thoroughly. And that the bears are actually his friends, and he's protecting right. them. He's a great protector. He keeps on saying that I'm the I'm the I'm the noble warrior and the great protector, right? But uh from Herzog's right. point of view, the bears are like you know, oh, like he, <laughs> Herzog says something like, "When I look into the bear's eyes, I see nothing but, you know, dumb animal, you know, need for food. Like that's all it is. Like there's no there's no special right. inner world that they're trying to. Make. There's no there's empathy. no empathy. They like they just look at you. As right. A, there's no yeah, bond. Exactly. And that's an entirely hallucinatory, like that's an entirely made-up experience that Treadwell himself needed to feel. Like you brought up Eric, like there's a community that he lacked in his life that he was constantly searching for, and he felt that lack yeah, because, right. like, uh, and I agree with you. I think that he got it. He got it more from the foxes.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like yeah. he has this
2: whole story with the foxes, and when the fox steals his hat, he's like, "God damn it, give me back my hat!" Like the the fox is, even knows what is going on at all, right? Uh, but, like, right. I believe, I agree with you, Eric. I think that, like, he, the guy was clearly struggling with his sexuality and um, and doesn't, I mean, like, you know, whether he was gay or bi or straight or whatever it was, like, he came from a family or in a situation that didn't allow for that to be, like, uh, acceptable or um, uh, in some way was made. Hugely uncomfortable. I don't know his parents, but I mean, like, you know, like, I don't think they see it come off as bad people in the film, but like, he definitely came from a situation that made him feel, uh, alone. And, uh, well, he was definitely not, yeah, he was
0: not, he, he, he was, his parents seem like he was a nice kid, but we have no idea. There's no, no understanding, understanding of who
2: yeah, this exactly. is a person. And they obviously love him, and they couldn't
0: they couldn't bond yeah. or connect with and, him. At and him. like they,
2: so. that, he in all the ancillary stories that are told about Treadwell and his life and his friends and all this, like this is a guy that's desperately searching for real communication and human contact, right? And he's also an alcoholic, massive right? alcoholic, right? And uh, massive, yeah, drugs. drugs too, right? He was uh, homeless for a while, all this stuff, and. He has this honest, real passion that he wants to communicate, um, but he is unable to communicate. And uh and so he finds himself up in Alaska uh and projecting his needs onto these animals as if the animals need him to be there. You know, and like oh essentially imagining that, uh, thank God you're here, Timmy, otherwise we we'd be dead if not for you. You know, we need you so much. Which is his fantasy you know and it's you know and and the things I mean he, he's he's obviously enough of an outdoorsman to survive there and like he's living with the bears and he lived there for as you know many summers but um uh but this guy is one like the thing that really struck me this time in watching it was here's this guy the movie opens up with him talking to the camera right, and he's tra- he's trying to describe himself like I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a I'm a proud warrior I'm here to save the bears, and he's talking to the camera, and resetting and talking to the camera, and I kept on thinking, like, this footage isn't going to anyone, like, it's, he sometimes plays it in schools when he can get, you know, like, he gets, he convinces the school to let him talk, but who is he performing for? Like, who is this, like, who is that for, what he is doing? You know, because it's not for the, it's not for the bears, there is no actual audience, it's for an imaginary yeah. group of people that is listening to him. And this is when I watched it. I was yeah. like, this, does, this isn't about bears. This is about us. And when we talk about stuff like, you know, the difference between how we present ourselves on Twitter or Facebook versus our actual interior life and how we project onto others, you know, or the stories we need them to act out or the villains we need them to be. Uh, or the good guys that were that right. were there was like the, here's the people that I'm here to save and I'm really a good person. I was just like every time I watched him talk to the camera, I was like, we're all doing this now. Like this is this is where we're at, and uh, and it's a really lonely, heartbreaking place because ultimately, you are putting on a show. Like he's putting on a character. He designed a character for himself that isn't himself. Like he's like posing like a ninja warrior and he uses a you know like a this commanding voice, you know. Uh and it's not him. And I don't think he knew who he was by the end. And uh, I was really very affected by it, not because like of uh, the story of the bears or or even his personal death, but I was just like, There's something in this thing that is talking that is more profound now than even when it came out.
0: Right. It's, it
1: was. Uh, go ahead, Eric. Uh, you, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you know you, you definitely are hitting all the. Yeah, you know, sound corporate, but yeah, you're hitting all the spots there, <laughs> Dan. Um, but I deb- take a thirty thousand foot view of this, and let's let the good ideas trickle <laughs> to the top. Um, but I think, <clears throat> for me, it was sad. The sadness was that how afraid he was as a person, yes. and how there was a loneliness um you know and i i say I said it earlier, he's like it was a heist film, there was a desperation yeah. in him to achieve something, and the tool set he knew was you know performing, yeah. and he's up there, and it was that was the sadness of it and I actually though at the end, I think those scenes where it's like, yeah, the body goes into this you know the the coroner, the body oh, goes the into corner. this casket, and yeah. All those just show The
0: corner looks like a character well, and, remember, yeah, the corner Yeah, the, but
1: it's like the corner so, is hold on. All also. those guys are just basically Yeah. Yeah, the corner is a the corner is is an yeah, actor. <laughs> it's like it's almost a you
2: know?
1: Yeah. The the one scene that really got me though is when they sh- that guy in the museum who looked um Mongolian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, yeah, they chopped the hand off one of the, the exhibitions. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pause. Yeah. And it's just like it was saying what idiots humans are or people are. I just – for me, I – there is a a kind of a – for everybody else, it was, yeah, you fly the plane out here, and then I got to land here, and then the the coffin goes into here, and blah, blah, blah. Everything was just the day-to-day, and nobody really – of those – characters or at least the people who helped the only one was the pilot who actually had some sort of empathy. Like he really, everybody else is like,
0: well, there were there were there were several people who had empathy for him. There was his, his
1: friends, his, but
0: roommate, his roommate, his roommate, well, his but he did have friends that really were sweet and cared about
2: him, right? No, I was talking his about friend. the workers, like the coroners and Yeah, like the guy who flew the plane, the guy, yeah, all this kind of stuff. Like the or yeah, there was the guy, the guy was that guys. went out together. Well, there was, the was definitely
0: some people that were like they were saying nice Perfect. things, but basically saying he got what he deserved.
1: Right. I just thought it was odd,
0: that and they were like, said. you could you know that they basically said, "What an idiot." Right. The, beef beef I think that's that. a good point, Chris. But because they, they, they're they're they're, was... they're
2: they're saying what you, they think you want to hear as the person watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Like everyone right. in this movie is giving a performance that they feel that they should give. And that's what happens over and over at yes. the corner. Like the corner, like literally puts on this weird, very weird act. But just like and then I imagine well, his... this. His
0: his hippie friends yeah. too. His hippie friends are like super. They take up the hippiness to oh yeah, a <laughs> big level. And
2: yeah. that's the thing is like all these like all these folks, like they have a story that they need to tell, like that's under the surface, that's sort of pro- like propelling what they're saying. And then what they're saying and how they're right. saying it is really sort of like they've said it over and over in their, in their minds, and like they want to make sure they say it right for the camera. And they want to say it in a way that really puts Timothy up on a pedestal, and like, and so all of it feels really sort of like on one level totally fake, right? But on another level, uh, it it's very revealing, and like I think that that's the most beautiful part of the movie is like you see like his his ex girlfriend, like she really does feel these feel these feelings, but she doesn't know how to experience them except to perform. And I think that that's what rhymes with yes. Timothy's uh, own presentation it's like, he is like. he's searching so hard for beauty and communication, right? And but he's performing yes, it exactly, exactly. And it's and it makes it it makes yeah. it incredibly it makes it incredibly lonely and sad, even when there is a bunch of people in the shop. You know, right? And it, and I think that that's Herzog is such a master at finding that, but he, I don't think he's ever found anything quite so like uh uh beautifully uh, ready than this group of people like they all wanted to talk about him right and they all want to talk about how how much they met the there is some one of them, exception some of them really come across as ding oh, sure. wow yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. low, low the, voltage the, characters
0: the the one person that's an but exception to that then the one exception to that is the the pilot yeah the pilot who takes him there and talks about it and brings him to I the like ashes him, and yeah. everything he was the only one that was like this is what yeah, happened is. this is and and but at the same time he was like i really like the guy yeah. you know like <laughs> you know you could tell he was the most and like he's down to the earth the and he sings yeah. at the end which is amazing yeah. singing while flying a plane i mean yeah
1: i love that song too
2: i got to write that up
0: National bird of Alaska <laughs>
1: is the is the
0: seaplane,
2: so but yeah, like that that guy when he's describing uh, finding, um, like going with all the uh, the the other guys and they find the um, the bear the body body and, and like, this is like and they're sure like there's there's two levels of story going on because guy really obviously cares about Timothy right um, and he wants to give wants to mm-hmm. report all this accurately but like uh, like I definitely felt like he was. Utterly traumatized by what he found, like, and the the heart yeah. of the scene is like, he really needs to get this off his chest. Like, it's it's not just like he wants to tell the accurate story, and it's not just that he wants to honor Timothy. He just like he hasn't been able to communicate this incredible, crazy pain up until this point, and so he's getting like doesn't know how to do it. It's just sort of like. It's semi-performative and not and accurate. And sort of backs away, Emily. Like, it's really weird, and and that's like the 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 openness that like because it's like all great documentary filmmakers. It's like uh, with Errol Morris, you know, they ask Errol Morris like, "How do you get these guys? How do you get people to say uh, all this shit they say?" You know, the self-incriminating stuff, whatever. And, and Errol Morris's answer is like, "I shut up. <laughs> Just let yeah. people talk." And Herzog does the same thing. He lets the camera roll yeah. and just shows you what happens.
0: Right. What's also interesting is because this is a found footage yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Point. So, so for him, he doesn't let the camera roll. He just looks at the whole mm-hmm. take. And so he take, he doesn't cut. Like there's a really interesting thing where he does... He even, he, he, he actually spoon feeds the viewer in this, which was a little disappointing. I wish he didn't do <laughs> like that. He says something really straightforward. Where he says, the interesting things that happen are the things that happen after to take. And it's like him doing the thing and then he leaves and he says, look at, you know, basically in that shot, the wind starts to blow and the leaves are moving. And it's a beautiful shot. And you're just waiting for him to do his performance because he left in a bush and he's (laughs) going to come running down again. Right. And it's like, but you're looking at the, and he basically, but Herzog basically tells you, he's like, Oh, oh, watch this, watch this. This is really pretty. Watch this. And so that was the one that was a little disappointing because I wish he would have shut up. Well, this is, this is interesting. You know what I mean? But he didn't
2: because he's performing his, his movie and not shutting up. Like I, I think that like part of the, like, He's he's prone to just say things out loud, for sure. Like, he just says, like, you know, like... Mm-hmm. But, like, I think the sort of the... Well, whether he means it or not, like, the reason why I love about what you're describing is that it plugs into what you earlier said, which is, like, the movie is also about Herzog, you know? And the fact and the fact that yes. he needs to talk about this, what he saw, and perform this for you. And that he leaves... Like, yeah, I'm sure right. someone must have said, Werner, that's a really weird thing to leave in, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and right. he's like, no, let's... Let's let, let leave it in. This is, this is this is me doing this same thing that I'm filming everybody else do, you know. Like the very, it's a very right. uh, That's the sort of glory of the movie. It's like it's this very open movie, that is non-judgmental. Like the movie.
1: But here's the but, thing, though. He like in Fitzcarraldo, making Fitzcarraldo, he pushed everybody, Kinski, everybody to the point sure. of madness to get that. People died carrying that boat up the mountain, and it's like. In a way, he just looks for those extremes and um, kind of captains it. Yeah, it's true. Bit, I actually, you know? I don't think so,
2: anyone died getting the boat up the mountain. That's a that like, uh, get, that, like uh, that was because you see the uh, Len Weisman documentary. Uh, Len, Len Wiseman? I've seen it. Yeah, that. it's uh, which is actually Herzog's. Like he and it, Herzog are good it, friends. Yeah. Uh, like he, It's not Len Wiseman. It's Len. Hang on. That, i mean, look this up real quick. Great, great documentary, and it's available on Criterion. It is burden. The Green, making Green. of the Fitz Yep. And I've seen that film. Yeah. And uh and like
0: Didn't we say there was the Fitz Summer Kids <laughs> camp? That
2: less was blank. Blank. <laughs> your invention sorry. Right? Less blank. I was saying Les than who I think directed the underworld movies, not the same thing. Um but yeah, uh Les Blank documentaries are also fantastic. Ian Herzog go way up went way on back. And uh and uh, if you get a chance to see *Burden of Dreams*, make it because it is it, it is it? equally it is yeah good. it's a brilliant movie. It's very like you know like I I totally agree with you like I mean this dude like he wants to put himself and everyone else under major pressure so that there is revelation right and uh, and you see him I think that. Burden of Dreams in particular, like, you see him change into who he is now. And because he's he's yeah. become an incredibly uh, uh, kind and empathic filmmaker. Um, but in the 70s and early 80s, he was definitely known as virtually insane. You know, and his relationship with uh, Klaus Kinski is, is one of the all-time great, you know, like, why the hell are they working together? Brilliant, madness yeah. things. Where he, you know, like, he pulled a gun on Kinski to finish a scene, and he or he jumped into a cactus to make everybody, you know, to prove to everybody that they can take, a, you know, working out here and all that kind of stuff. But he's he he is a uh, now that he's an old guy, uh, and still is driven, but twice as gentle. He is he is an incredibly fascinating personality. To hmm. But yeah, I think that I think that you're right, Chris. Like that is a really in a really. uh a uh, revealing moment about Herzog himself he's like, I can't resist being a filmmaker that is proud of noticing something right here like and you can't you can't shut up, yeah, that. it's amazing,
0: yeah, which is great. It's like you know it's like the commentary track of a of a of a movie that you're watching, you know, like <laughs> you get the commentary, but this is the actual movie, it's not the actual you yeah know. it's a- so it was kind of an interesting idea still still really good the character is amazing um i think people uh, i think that he was a very a very interesting character and i th- i actually think he he did he kind of did what he wanted to do and died the way he wanted to die Yeah, i think so you know he didn't want i don't think he want he didn't necessarily want to commit suicide but that was going to be if you were going to die that was going to be the way he yeah. wanted to go yep Although it's probably pretty painful. Yeah, I mean, um, he
1: told her to yeah. run too. he, 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 he t-
0: was trying to save her, but she turned around to try to save him. And that's what got her killed. Now, he that it was actually very that was the corner thing. And he was going through that whole story. Uh, the very interesting. Uh, she's a barely a blip on there because he was really trying to pretend that he was there yes. all alone. But he apparently he wasn't.
2: Like and because he's uh, he's talking he to the camera that she is using, saying, "And here I am out alone in the wilderness." <laughs> right. Yeah. Really. Man. Right. There's only there's like there's like
0: three shots of that were evidence that she mm-hmm. was there. Um, what was also interesting. Her family would didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What was also interesting was, like. He he was and constantly said it. I came this close to dying. I came this close to dying. Those are dangerous bears. Those are... like he says it. He knows sure. the danger he's in, and and he is right. And I think to him that's part of the drama. Right? It's not like he's like these are my friends. They would never oh yeah no he he, he, never doesn't, he doesn't have
2: that. any illusions about the fact that they're bears like. Like, no, definitely- no, no, no,
0: no, no. In fact, he even knows that they will eat their own because they eat their own children out of yeah. desperation because they couldn't get any food from the salmon, right? So they they, they killed and ate their own kids in order to survive. Right. So he's definitely the next available yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> right? Especially
2: when you see that one skinny bear. And- like, you're like, dude, that... Yeah. That is not a good bear to be around. (laughs) That is a hungry bear. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very hungry bear. That
0: is a hungry bear. And it's about to go into, it needs to get through hibernation. So you're fucked, you know, and that is not a good thing to to be around. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And the the thing is like, you know, it was also interesting because I went to, I was in Minnesota uh, and I went to a bear sanctuary, (laughs) believe it or not. Uh, and what was it was a place? It, I guess it was way up north in Minnesota. that it was very remote, uh, and I guess it was some guy who had a log cabin up there, and he. Uh, this is a long time ago. He started taming the bears or feeding the bears. Now these are black bears. These aren't grizzly bears, right? And uh, so these bears kind of hang around there all the time, uh, and they they are. Perfectly friendly, they put you in a very safe spot from the bears, right? So you have this whole like, you know, upper canopy area that you look down on the bears, and they're right there. They're there's like pfft, they don't care about humans at all. Several things I found that were interesting about the bears uh, because you park your car way down on the lot, and then they drive you up in a in a in a in a bus or something, uh, and to, for you to move into the to the zone. So all the cars that they have near the bear area. Have buckets of poop in them (laughs) near the tire, near every tire. So there's a bucket, like imagine a five gallon home Home Depot Uh bucket, full of bear poop Uh in it, uh, next to every Uh tire. And the reason they do that is that the bears are attracted to the smell of gasoline or there's something about the rubber that attracts them, and they they they. They bite and destroy tires. Oh, that's wild! So what they what they do is they put the bucket of poop near there because they're like, I don't. They want to. They they don't want to bite something that's near their poop. They don't want to hang around near their poop. So that's why they use the bear poop as a deterrent for them to bite the tires. Um, The other thing that was interesting is I was like talking to the you know the 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 rangers and stuff there. They're like, and these are black bears. They're not small. Yeah, they're still bears. They're big bears, right? They're freaking yeah. big bears, right? Uh, first of all, they're called black bears, although they come in mm-hmm. all colors. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> they come brown, they come gray, they come black, right. Every color. Uh, I said, these are, they're omnivore. And he goes, yes. I says, okay. And he goes, and we only call them omnivore because sometimes they eat bugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> interesting. Right? Mainly they eat berries and other things right. like that. It's like sometimes elite slugs and bugs. It's like they're not like killing rabbits or right. doing horrible things like right. that, right? And the the grizzly bear only eats meat. They eat salmon for sure, but they only really eat meat uh, out of desperation. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> oh. la- that's
2: the last good to.
0: That's the last straw. That's like, oh shit, I gotta Something. eat a lot. Because yeah, yeah. They're crazy. These these bears these bears basically have to put on a thousand pounds of yeah. weight to get through to winter yeah. hibernation.
2: Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and when you So they gotta put on a lot of fat And
2: it's it's interesting, like seeing the you know, it's like the the animal reaction that I have in that in that sequence when you see that skinny bear diving for dead salmon. Uh, I was like, I was like, like I am, I am instantly afraid of the skinny bear. Like I was, I, I, I felt it in my bones. I was like that. Yeah. that yeah. Like that's extra dangerous to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bears. it's like, it's like when you
0: see a mangy yeah. coyote, like a coyote is bad enough, but a mangy coyote is way <laughs> yeah, more terrifying. Yeah, for sure.
2: For sure. But yeah, no, I think that, uh, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating movie. Uh, that every time I see it, I see something, some new way of reading what it's saying, right? Uh, which is sort of a way of saying like, right. uh, there's a story that, uh, like, it. Uh, I use it to apply to whatever story is highest, most, you know, most prominent in my mind, right? So I project onto the film. Uh, but the right. uh, like the the signature <laughs> scene of the movie to me is not sad. It's this unbelievably uh, funny. Uh, moment when he's filming a, um, a bee and he finds that he finds a bee that's a bumblebee, 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 uh, that, bumblebee that, bee 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 died. that died on, the cell, yeah. on this flower and he's still like, it's zoomed up close up and just is like, Oh, and I found this bee, this is his, I'm, I'm not exaggerating his voice. His voice is just like this. I was like, I found this bee and there's, a, he just died there, just died there trying to do his work. Sweet little bee just buzzing around happily one day and and just, then just died. And then there's a long pause. The bee moves a little bit. And he goes, "Oh, what is he sleeping?" <laughs> it was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like that is the perfect, moment <laughs> when you're just like he makes up this long, intense know? story about the bee's life, and then it has nothing to do with him.
1: <laughs> Complete misread. Do you know why he picked this doc? Did somebody approach him, or did he know the family? I
2: don't know. I don't know if he, um, uh, if he had, um, if someone had come to him with it or not. Um,
0: I'll be I'll, yeah. I'll be right back, guys. But yeah, keep talking, keep talking. Because I got a question. I got a question sure. about this too. But um, you
2: know. yeah, I'm not sure of the history of that. But uh, how many times have you seen it? Uh, uh, I have no idea. I watch this one a lot. This one comes up uh, at least a couple of times a year for me since it came out. So, what did you get out of it on this thing? So, mainly the movie just becomes more sort of uh uh, uh more abs- sort of a a, a, a an abstraction about loneliness and uh, yeah. and 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 for me in particular, like I said before it's like the you know there's a it it really unlike when it came out because it came out so long ago like there's no such thing as real social media when it came out um but uh, but I identified um, uh, in this like in this moment today via the, uh, the way we interact uh, with social media and also our current situation of just being stuck. Uh, you know alone inside all the time and uh and I think that there's a there's a weird um, I feel that people are going through sort of a weird breakdown from having to do this you know not in an intense way, not in a going crazy way, but like when you're cooped up with yourself for a long time, like it's hard to um keep from eventually becoming yourself. You know, as much of a fucking act as you want to put on during the rest of the day or work or whatever it is, and uh, and I really felt that pretty strongly watching this movie. I was like, this movie is about letting this guy uh, ultimately, re- you know, slowly reveal who he is to the audience, and uh, and for the audience to go like, it's cool to be you, man. Like, like it's like, you don't have to be so so. You don't have to make up a whole landscape for your. To, to live in, the way that you do. And uh, and I think the tragedy of the movie is, like, that only in the very end does he attain any sort of real sense of uh, actual connection mm-hmm. with who he is. Um, and uh, and it, He's very
0: comfortable with himself
2: towards yeah, the exactly. end of the like film. He, it's, and it's really is, and Herzog brings it up, like, he has a weird sense of what is going on. And it's weird that, like, I mean, there's no magical thinking to it. Like, I think that he was aware that it was just, like, you know, like, his time eventually is going to run out. Like, the luck with the bears is going to run out or he's not going to be able to do this anymore. And there's a sort of, like, a a richer, more thoughtful uh, sense of it ending in the last few things that he records. And uh, the, the bit when um, Herzog's, like, you know, like, here he is talking about it, but he seems, he wants to close it up, but he seems unwilling to leave the frame. You know, and it's true, like the guy's hesitating uh from leaving, and it's very, very poignant whether or not it's real, it's the story in my mind when I watch it, and it's my projection of those same emotions that I know that Treadwell seems to be feeling, and that's what connects me to him and ultimately makes this a very beautiful and uh and uh and moving film about someone at the top of the game you think is a moron, you know, not a moron, but I mean like what the fuck is he doing, like messing around with bears? is a bad idea you know and uh, and i think that it, it, there's another there's a connection another uh, favorite book and a pretty good movie but a great great book that i read called um uh is it sorry i'm just going to make sure i get the title right uh right. uh it's john Krakauer's book uh oh, into, the into the wild the wild um which is one of my of fa- uh, one of my favorite non books and uh uh, I almost mixed it up with Into Thin Air, which is also great, his um, um, Everest book. Um, but Into the Wild is very much the same thing, where it's like it's about this, you know, like from the front end of the book, it says like, you know, so anyway, there's this guy Chris McCandless, and he didn't really know anything about like staying alive in the wilderness, and he basically, you know, you know, chase, He comes from a rich family, and he sort of fucks off, and thinks he's going to live this big romantic life, and he dies in a in a shitty old run down the bus because he ate the wrong stuff. What a moron. And that's what the bo- opening of the book is. And then it te- the book takes you through Nicholas' journey until the end when he so thoroughly connects you to the feeling of wanting to um, uh, uh, commune with nature, the the drive that we have, that and the beauty of what he was attempting to do, that even though you start the book uh, as a uh, critical and hectoring of this guy, I ended up crying my face off when he, when they go through the death again. And I felt the same way about uh, um, uh, this guy in uh, Grizzly Man. It's just like, he's such a, he's an almost ridiculous character to start out with, and in the end, like, I couldn't identify with him more. It's really, really powerful.
1: Hmm. I agree. I I thought it was a really beautiful movie, though... And I could say it's depressing, but it was it was just sad mm-hmm. um because there was um there are people like that and they kinda get lost. And um I do
2: Do you know anyone like but that personally? I did. You don't know, talk, talk about um, them personally, but are, just have you had that experience of knowing uh, uh someone that searching.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um I mean we're all kind of searching. I mean I think uh I think for uh there are parts of, you know, everybody's life. I mean, I think uh I think he was I think people sometimes search I've spent time travelling by myself mm-hmm. when I was younger and I would travel a lot and uh there is a point on the road where you're really just with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you're sleeping in a, you know, train station, you know, in southern Italy, right. it's like there's a, um, you're hoping to find something so you can kind of hit a checkbox to move on to the next thing. Right. And you, you uh, because you feel like either you're behind or you're missing something or, and that's kind of why I love the the observational power of, my favorite book is um, The Razor's Edge, because he kind of is this observer of everything, yet he's the one that's troubled, but he's not. It, it's a really, it's a beautiful book, and I've read it a lot. I love that book and the films. But there was something about him where I think he kind of just knew that he, uh, you know, there's there's not much left. I don't, I don't see it as a fame thing. I didn't see it like he really loved fame. I just saw the way he was... Hmm. the the grizzly man yeah i just saw it like that was the only tool set he knew Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like being in you know know, pausing he if he was an actor then he loved movies and if he loved movies he probably loved action movies all different types of movies and if he got to where he was you know i think he looked at
0: i i do think he was seeking fame but not in the way that you see fame in the sense that he wanted purpose
1: yes Well, you learn a tool set of something and you want to use it, but you can't really use it. Um, There's just something where I just felt like he was doing that. By the
0: way, it wasn't clear. Like he went from like his life, like, you know, missing out on Cheers thing then hanging out in Venice Beach to suddenly he loves bears. Like, no. How did he get to be with bears? It goes by pretty quick. There's something about the documentary that doesn't sort of explain how he got to be like a bear guy. like why why bears, why why bears and why right. Alaska? It went like there there was a jump, and even the girlfriend was so like they were I guess both go like both waiters at a yeah, medieval renaissance times type, kind of thing, Renaissance yeah. medieval yeah. times type thing. *Gulliver uh, Travels*. <laughs> right. *Gulliver Travels*. Yeah. Ugh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> you know what it reminded me when she was describing that was the scene from. Um, uh, uh, the meaning of the uh, Monty Python's the meaning of life yeah. you know, when they go to the the medieval times torture <laughs> <Right>. dinner thing, <laughs> or they have the what was the 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 philosophy things like it was like oh well, probably you'd like to have a conversation about something and then he'd like give sort
1: of remember so, that good. so good so <laughs> good oh my god well, I also thought that the parents were.
2: They didn't. Re- oh my God! The dad
0: still had the fucking f- flip-up sunglasses. Yeah. yeah.
2: Wild. Absolutely <sighs> wild. Yeah. They're like they, they, what's great about the parents?
0: I mean, talk about the the the, the most stereotypical middle America yes. parents. Like they're, parents. they're
2: they're they're really almost cartoonish, and it's like and but I mean like like uh, right.
0: You know what they reminded me of? They reminded me of the parents from
2: Clockwork exactly. Orange. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the thing is, made like uh, and, cowardly yeah. too <laughs> and like and, and Herzog treats him with respect he doesn't like he's not there to make fun of the, like their pain mm. or anything like that, but no, he definitely uh, they paint yeah, the whole like, portrait it's just like you can tell the stress that uh, uh, that uh, uh that Timothy grew up with like you can feel what kind of issues he had uh, just from spending like a did not fit death, in did not fit in like this is like you can tell that his parents were like. I don't know what the fuck is up with that kid, <laughs> you know, and that, and that sense of not yeah. being, uh, uh, part of, uh, a commu- that community, a part of that family in a, in a, in a, in a very, you know, like a meaningful way, you know, essentially ended up driving him out to Alaska. And, uh, and, and because he never, he could, could never confront this. And, uh, and like all this stuff is not like, it, very little of that is said out loud. Um, but, but Herzog lets it get set. And, uh, just with these, with, let's like, Hey, let's meet his parents. And you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I see what happened. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. So there was a couple,
0: go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, please. Um, there was something about the way that he, um, his, uh, the 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 way that he did not disconnect he disconnected from them and I didn't quite understand what he was and he ended up going to Alaska there there there's just something that was there's part of the story that's missing to me and I don't quite know what it was because there is, yeah the, there's and I don't know why Alaska mm-hmm. although I do kind of know Alaska because I when I was a kid. I never really fit in either, in mm-hmm. some ways, and somehow, ironically, I think I remember as a kid I said I want to move to Alaska, right. like I actually said right. that. Now I wasn't like trying to commune with bears or whatever. I just thought it'd be right. cool, right? And 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 still to this day, you know. So I, I take I I I don't fly anymore, obviously because of COVID, but still to this day, I get on a plane. And I'm flying uh, over, you know, from from California to to mostly fly Lufthansa. So I'm mostly going to Germany. So most of the time I go up and around, you know, close to the North Pole or just just north of Iceland is because of the arc of the the, the planet, the the way to travel. And so you end up flying through northern uh, uh, Canada and Hudson Bay area, right? Yeah. Mm And you look down. If you have a window seat, you have a witness seat, and you look down. Although they don't like you to open their windows that much anymore, but you look down and you see what uh, you know. uh, It looks like, and it's just a sea of snow and trees Mm -hmm. and nothing up there, just
1: for. Hours, yeah. hours. A miles. And
0: <laughs> and a, hours of flying, and a and and I'm like, I'm like,
1: place. But other than that, it's really yeah. Awesome. But
0: exactly, and then you are like, it's just a sea of snow and 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 nothingness and and trees, and you are you are like, what would it be like if I was just dropped right there? Yeah, I mean, it'd be beautiful, <laughs> and then I would be dead
2: after yeah, that. I mean, it's, it is, you it know? is yeah. gigantic. I mean, if, like Alaska is about the size of. I don't know one sixth of the entire United States. Like it's a, it's unbelievably huge, it's bigger than like it's Texas plus it's huge, plus. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And there's almost it's the largest yeah, state in the United States. It's like I think it's like almost twice the volume of Texas, and uh, and it is so uh, it is so uh, almost completely unpopulated that uh, I don't think it's possible for us to.
0: I think it's not the least dense state though. I think Wyoming is the still least dense, the least yes. Dense
2: I think state. you might be right. That's true. Uh but it's like the the what it represents as like getting away from it all, like is almost unimaginable. <laughs> like it is an entire mm-hmm. it's virtually an entire continent to itself. And uh and and that's right. it, that's that. Yeah. And uh and so I think that it produces a fantasy in people's minds of like this is like I'm sick of society, so I'm gonna go throw fish in Alaska. Right? And then when you get there, it's an entirely different place. Like it's uh like you can't prepare right. yourself for that world, I think. And uh and I think that what was the what was
0: the movie that that, that uh um uh, what's his name? The
1: Russian Village?
0: No, 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 no. Uh... The
1: one where they go to that remote Russian town? Who's uh oh, Who you fit it there,
0: Woods? Oh my God, I'm completely name blanking. Uh, comedian uh, did a uh, 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 Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. He did a movie in Alaska called Runway. Insomnia. Insomniac. Insomnia. Robin Williams. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a um a Christopher a Chris uh, Nolan. Do you remember that? Um, yeah, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. It's a remake of. Vietnam. Is it Chris Nolan? I didn't realize um, it was Chris Nolan. Um, yeah it's uh, Al Pacino and uh and Robin Williams. And uh, it's a pretty good movie. It's a remake of a um uh, I believe a Norwegian film um that's quite great. Uh, okay. with uh Stellan Skarsgard. And I really, really recommend the um uh, the okay. Skarsgard version. But yeah, yeah. I get...
0: Okay. But this the point being that that was I was um Listening to Mark Marin podcast with uh, Robin Williams, and this was right around the it's like he re-released i think he was I think this is where I heard it but anyway, Mark Maron did a podcast uh, or released a podcast with Robin Williams that he did right after he died as a sort of a, a re-release to uh to talk about right. Robin Williams and mainly talk about how troubled he was, et cetera et cetera. And how his struggles were dealing with things. But I think he mentioned how he was filming that. Robin Williams was filming Insomnia in Alaska. And ironically, even though he was sober, he ended up starting drinking again in Alaska. Yeah,
2: Yeah. that that makes
0: sense. Because there was just like, he just complete. The movie is about isolation and dealing with yes. that problem, yes. and he ended up being the victim of yes. that movie in itself. I, I think
2: that like, there's, I think above a, uh, a certain parallel north, like you automatically have to start drinking at some point, <laughs> like, like. You see that uh, in Antarctica, and you see that in
0: in, in certain yeah. seasons, like yeah, summer, like winter. By the time fall comes, by, by the time October comes around, the 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 is yeah, exactly. coming off, and
2: uh, I, I I can't blame them. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me, man. Right. Plus, I mean, you really do get that uh, you know, like the the seasonal depression disorder is is very very real and hits people really hard, and they have to like actually sit in front of like light banks of um uh you know uh, uh Light that simulates lights that simulate sunlight just so you don't get depressed, right? Quite literally, very sad
1: seasonal affective See, yeah, disorder that's thing. Right. Yeah,
2: uh, really, really Uh,
1: sad.
0: do you uh, what is the furthest north that you have traveled? Um, for me, it is or, actually stayed like a night uh, at least. i <laughs> no, not
2: break far, Vancouver. Yeah.
0: Vancouver is the furthest yeah. north, okay. Oh, probably. How about you, I was in Iceland. That's up there. That's quite nice, you know, right? Yeah. Iceland is nice. Iceland yeah. was great. It's Greenland, uh, icy. A very interesting yeah. city. It's very green. Yeah, Greenland actually. is icy, and uh, Iceland is green. Yeah. Right. Uh, the 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 Iceland has a very Interesting economy, although I'm sure it all changes. So their main economy had always been mm-hmm. fishing, a cod fishing more specifically, as they say in cod we trust, <laughs> right? Of course. Uh, but they are um, there. It had uh, tourism had just surpassed that. Now keep in mind that the entire population of Iceland is like. 300,000 total yeah. for the whole country. Um, and to the point where there is an app you can get for your phone in Iceland that you put all of your family information in on the app, <laughs> And then when you meet someone in a bar, you can exchange information to find out how closely related yeah. you are uh, before you start before dating. Before
2: things go badly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah small world
0: yeah. <laughs> small very small country um so but it but what's also interesting is the cost of things in iceland so everyone keeps telling you is like iceland's very expensive but so we 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 bought things you know in iceland uh uh basically like our tickets and our hotel and it was it wasn't too bad actually it was like oh it's not gonna be that bad and then when you get there you use uh, things are are generally okay until you start paying for food. Right. Food at restaurants are insane, yeah. Yeah. insane. It's pretty much lunch is like two hundred fifty dollars no matter what. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> for 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 four people, like my, me, my two kids, like two two entrees, you know, a, uh, a couple, you know, two glasses of wine, two cokes, and two burgers, two hundred dollars. Yeah. Crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. the end of the country.
0: I, my my kids at one point they were like they just wanted a like a, you know we had a lot of interesting things. We bas- basically they wanted four like what we got three hamburgers, two orders of French fries, and two cokes at like a quote unquote fast food place, right? That they wanted they just wanted something quick, and I was like, fine, we'll do that. And it wasn't a McDonald's; it was something else that they had mm-hmm. in Iceland. Fifty dollars, unbelievable. <laughs> crazy right and it was it was like okay okay that's 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 it and then he started to realize like okay there's And you look around iceland especially if you start driving I was like there's no cows here there's really right. no cows yeah. in iceland they have sheep they have a lot yep. of sheep they have horses beautiful right. horses icelandic horses are gorgeous and they got fish. So if you're ordering anything that's seafood or lamb yeah, related, it's gonna be cheaper. <laughs> Not much cheaper, but definitely Better. cheaper. Right. Uh fish, fish, anything fish was like on the cheaper side of things, which is ironic because here fish is more expensive right. on the menu, right? No. Generally speaking. So so anything fish there was 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 cheaper. And if but It was still totally worth it and so amazing. Uh, And if you go to Iceland and you say you don't like seafood, you don't like fish, stick Mm -hmm. with it. Get the seafood soup. Seafood soup. It's like the the seafood soup that they have in in Iceland is incredible, and everyone does it a little bit differently. I I, I hear it's a little bit like in Thailand where you get a pad Thai in Thailand, and everyone does a different right. pad Thai. Well, in Iceland, like everyone's seafood soup has a slightly different like flavor or or way they do it, and it is unbelievably good. Like I could have seafood soup in Iceland all day long. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing that's good really really delicious yeah,
2: I, i'm um, yeah. i'm wary of seafood soup just generally speaking Why? i've had bad seafood soup experiences and also i'm from cape cod so i'm extra snobby about it but like i've just had bad luck and uh, it's like
0: i'm going to say go to iceland i'm not i'm not going to lie. i'm not going to steer if you go to iceland do you trust me enough to of try course. the seafood Absolutely.
2: soup yes goes without saying. okay all right that's uh, like I'm,
0: but it was really cool. And I think the thing is, for 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 us, you know, especially for my kids, it was the first time that they had ever traveled outside the United States to go anywhere, and to go from California oh, to Iceland yeah. was a big change, and yeah. that was great. That was great, but also like everyone in Iceland spoke English. Oh yeah, sure. pretty much. You know, just about. That and it was also fascinating. Okay, so Icelandic is unbelievably complicated—a mm-hmm. language uh, to 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 write and speak right. and everything else. Uh, and I was speaking to uh, some people in Iceland about it, and they said, "Yeah, the problem is right now is that everyone is learning English uh, because it's mm-hmm. easy." To, to learn English because and, and everyone speaks English and there's so much tourism that English is just an easy way to work with everyone. And n- n- the only other people that speak Icelandic are people in Iceland. Uh, uh, and it's very, ho- like there's a lot of rules and it's very complicated. And all the kids, when they go out at night and they all hang out, they all speak to each other in yeah. English. Wow. And That's the cool thing to <laughs> speak. Hysterical. Right. Not right. Icelandic. Right. 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 And uh, I was thinking like how sad that is. But that's the, that's the cool thing to do is to speak English to each other. And you know what it reminded me a little bit of is uh, Lebanon, because in Lebanon, you would think that everyone speaks Arabic. But no, the cool thing in Lebanon. And this has been for a long time now. So now it's a couple generations ingrained. It's not Arabic. French. It's French. Mm-hmm. So if you speak French in Lebanon, that's. That is like your proper snob level is like speaking French, is is that's the right. way it is. So you remember Charles, Charles Abuad? Yes. Uh, yep. From DD, love Charles. Yeah. And so Charles and I uh, would speak to each other to each other in French. Him and his brother, they're both Lebanese. His brother still lives in Beirut oh. or lived at Beirut at least at time. They wrote to each other in emails in French, not in Arabic.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. <That's loud. laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. going to get the kids speaking Icelandic then. That's what—that's the next step we have to trade around. Yeah,
0: all, all American kids should be the speaking really cool Icelandic kids. just to fuck with the Icelandic <laughs> exactly, kids. The really cool kids. But you live in California. I'm speaking <laughs> Icelandic.
2: That's All the hip kids. <laughs> Actually, it would be pretty hip.
0: I mean, do <laughs> you guys awesome. feel... the? I, I mean, do d- Was it just me or did you, Eric, I'm sure this wasn't the case for you, but part of me felt like kind of envious of Timothy living with the bears a little bit and, and especially the footage of him with the foxes. There's something about like, oh my God, how did the hell did he befriend this fox that he's like snuggling up with the foxes? It was a little surreal, right?
1: Yeah. I thought the fox part was cute, but I, there was no, Oh my god! I didn't want to live there. There was none of that at all. I, I'll, I'll
2: definitely confirm that with you. I, I was like, ah, okay. Do you, <laughs> do you have a desert, desert island experience in your mind? Like, is there like the perfect run away and get away from it all kind of a like your version of the Treadwell experience?
1: Me, yeah. if I was going to do that, uh, I would probably if I was alone and and. Uh, like mm-hmm. that? Probably outside of uh probably outside of Tokyo.
2: Oh nice. Yeah. That's nice
1: though. So you can go yeah. into Tokyo, but you still are on like the sea uh, you know, uh like cliff area, you know, somewhere cool, maybe towards Kyoto. That would be awesome. Right. Because you can be alone and yet there's a lot of history there and you can feel like a sense of community, but you can still be alone because you don't know the language as much. You eventually would learn it, but I could, I could do that. That would be awesome. And then go to Tokyo and just go to a noodle place and a guy going, like, they're saying you're the Blade Runner. And I'm like, "Who? Two, two, four? get the wrong guy. <laughs> two, two, four. They say you Blade Runner. And so, um, but that's not going to happen. But, yeah, it definitely is uh, – I'm not – I've been in wilderness. I've been on the Pacific Crest Trail, you know, out – you know, day from civilization. I've done that with my brother on the summers in New Hampshire. I've been about as north as past Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm not – yeah, I'm not uh, – you know, uh, I think I need to see some people. Yeah. Or something, you know. And uh but I do like isolation. But I like uh city isolation, you right. know. Like um some of the best isolation that I've ever had was um like right now. You know <laughs> I, <told> you much. <laughs> I uh, a too real. was in I went around uh Sicily with a motorcycle. It was awesome.
2: Oh that's nice. You know right. yeah. that must
1: be great. I was nineteen ninety, I met this English girl, we went around and I just had long hair. And it was just like, I didn't talk to him. We just hung out by ourselves. Got little places by the water. It's awesome. That's incredible. We don't have to talk a lot during the right. day. You know? It was amazing. That kind of landscape and isolation where it's still going to a city or go into Naples and then go outside the city. That's awesome. That's that. But the wilderness stuff scares the shit out of <laughs> me. I,
0: yeah. So I remember when I was... You no, know, with my my buddy Keith, and we used to go on some crazy adventures and and get into some pretty remote areas in Texas. and And I've I've been uh, though it's been on pause for a few years. I've been writing a script about one of our road trips that we did, which is pretty insane. Um, but I remember specifically, like at one point, we were supposed to go. There was three or four of us and we were supposed to go on a road trip. Uh, uh, we were supposed to go on a canoe trip and the canoe trip got completely canceled because the weather turned terrible, but it was somewhere in the hill country in Texas. So uh, off probably about you know three hours uh, west of Austin, and then we decided to just drive off into some other mm-hmm. area of Texas. And just wander around. And we ended up in a very remote country road, like there was nothing around for a while. And we decided, I was like, oh, well, let's just pull over here and have some sandwiches or whatever in the back of the, the truck or the car. And we we're wandering around. And somehow we were the two, there's two and two of us, and we split off into these two groups and we were sort of wandering around these canyons. This was. This was not public land. We have no idea where we were, it probably on someone's ranch somewhere. Uh, and we were just wandering out in the middle of wilderness. And then we started, we spotted the other people on the other side of a canyon or something like that. And we started throwing rocks at each other. <laughs> we started a rock fight uh, and and it was really dangerous. Uh, I don't know why. And it was funny to us. And then we was like, if one of us got hurt, we were like, 250 miles from anything and no one's around. What the fuck are we doing? Like, and you realize when you're, when you're that isolated, you have to be, you, you actually have to be much smarter. Oh yeah. Things. Then just like, Oh, well, whatever. I'll just try that. Cause you know, if I get hurt, whatever, there's a safety net in a sense, right? There's a hospital right, right there. Like, but then you know like timothy like there is no safety net for him for the yep. bear right that's yeah. like there so 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 me with starting a rock fight it was like it was a stupid <laughs> idea stupid and i've done a couple of them the one when karen Nichols, uh like reminds me of is we were there was a beach we used to go fishing on this beach uh called matagorda beach and uh or matagorda uh island and uh there's an entire barrier island, it's thirty miles long and like about two miles wide. It's a barrier island, it's kinda of like Galveston, except no one lives on the island, it's completely remote. Uh, but there was a wildlife uh place that was there and, and then the uh, the rangers would uh would uh drop you off wherever you wanted, uh, and you could camp wherever you wanted and then pick you up uh uh you know in the morning. So we were on the beach side, we were the only party that decided to camp on the beach so we had 30 miles of beach to ourselves (laughs) the entire beach was ours and it was like just the whole beach right and this is unkept beach this is not sexy beach there's like whatever trash came off whatever yeah this is whatever trash came off whatever like it's it's washed up on the beach it's like this isn't like you know they, there's no no lifeguards and like you know this isn't you know Baywatch by far, but uh, anyway we were fishing on the beach and it was it was a lot of fun, and it was getting dark, and what we did is we had a we had a a big bay rod out there with some cut bait. So that's what cut bait is: you catch a smaller fish and you cut it up into smaller chunks and you put it on a hook. And uh, the 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 testosterone in you is that you catch a big old shark and you don't know what to yeah. do with it. Well, what happened is we, we caught a we, – we hooked into a giant stingray. It was probably about five feet across, a huge stingray. Um, and we were reeling it in, and uh, it was – the sun was setting, so it was getting dark. And uh, I was trying to uh, figure out how to get this stingray off the hook, but I was jumping up and around and over the stingray, Uh, and it was thrashing in on the beach and, uh, Karen and I were not married at the time, but she was like, what the (laughs) hell are you doing? If that stingray got you, you'd have been really messed up. (laughs) And you're like, we're like three (laughs) mile walk back to the ranger station through, through brush. And just like, yeah. So you gotta, you gotta be not so dumb. Yeah, I'm I'm the champion of being dumb. And and the other problem is testosterone takes over in those situations, right? So you have like, you do dumb stuff. You do dumb stuff like what Timothy did with the bears, right? Like, and, and, you know, I know there's a lot of question about his sexuality, (laughs) which is very clear, but he was, there was a lot of testosterone in, in the way he, Interacted with yeah. those bears, um, he was he was all about him asserting himself as well. Yeah, to those views like
2: that I would Very never much so. be as brave as he was in fucking just not running away. Like wait, like don't you do that? Don't you do that? And he's like standing his ground for this fucking bear. I was like, like there's I would my my yeah. my nerve ganglia would take over and run me like a puppet. Drag me away from that situation, man. And you I'd would be ganged. dead. You would be dead
0: for doing that. Yeah. And but he didn't do that. And these bears are like, he he measured one is like one, well, and and he's right. It's like you saw the one in the mm. museum, right? It's like ten feet tall yes. when it stands it's up. It's like yeah, huge. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. The, the the or the one that scratches big is bears. scratching his like he's filming one at a distance that's like scratching his back. Yeah, yeah, that's the one he says like, he's look not, how tall he is. He's a big bear, and you're like, that is a really big bear. Like that is a gigantic bear. That is like a monster. was like a monster movie bear. That was so strange that when he would talk to them. Oh, I know. Yeah, like that's yeah. the that is the fa- that is the absolutely fa- fascinating part of this movie is like he certainly created in his mind characters for these bears in in in. Like yeah exactly like like he had, like the, he, had uh, he had worked out all their interactions as as a as a human style story for him to be a part of something for him that something that he could connect with Sorry. and protect you know? and and right. uh, and i think that like <clears throat> like i think there's something you know beautiful in that but sad in that and uh, and uh, for hertz, I'd sort of identify like <clears throat> You know, this guy has, you know, traveled literally out into the middle of nowhere in order to uh, uh, try to find a family to be a part of. You know, uh, and the family that he is a part of is is sort of an illusion. And then uh, and, and, and uh, right, and he says that
0: very clearly at the end of documentary. Like this bear, look at the look at the. The the lifelessness in the eyes oh, yeah. of the bear. I mean like
2: have you ever heard uh, Herzog do his uh, like he what he said about chickens? Like hang on, I gotta get no. a quote. It's so so very perfect. Like Herzog for some reason hates hates chickens. <laughs> 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 and uh let's see Herzog chicken quote, let's see. And he th- he said this about uh about chickens. He says you look into the eyes of a chicken, and you'll see real stupidity it's a kind of bottomless stupidity, a fiendish stupidity they are the they are the most horrifying cannibalistic and nightmare creatures in the world <laughs> like If he thinks the way about chickens, I can only imagine what he thinks about theirs <laughs> yeah like there's a good impression by oh, the way. it's not my best but i'm I'm, more, I'm trying to hone him down I, l- I love him so much but yeah the <laughs> the uh uh, like,
0: who? What? What? Wasn't there there? There was something on Facebook or something that came up about like quote Herzog's quotes about something or talking about. Oh, what was it? It was a fake Herzog t- uh, talking about some movie or something. Or it was really really funny. Oh, I don't know.
2: Oh really man, I, this guy—he's such um, character. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, if uh, if people don't know much about Werner Herzog, just look up stories about Werner Herzog. He saved Walking Phoenix from a uh, a car crash. Walking Phoenix flipped his car in front of uh, Herzog's house, and, and Herzog uh, pulled him out of the wreck. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no. that's, true. that's true. And, uh, and like, and, when? And this is uh, years ago. And uh, Phoenix tells a story, and he's like, he's just like, imagine being... Coming to an upside-down car and seeing Werner Herzog, like you think you were dead. <laughs> <It's> so <good. laughs> yeah, wow. that's the last thing you see before you go—you fly down the um, uh, the tunnel towards the light—is uh, is Werner Herzog. That would make you feel all right. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, he is—he is something that guy. But yeah, I think that uh, all of his films essentially revolve around that uh, around. People like Fredwell, and uh, and they can be very, very moving. I uh, I think this and uh, Encounters at the End of the World. If you haven't seen that one, check one that one out. That's that's a little. That's almost. It's almost a comedy. That's the one in Alaska, and rather in Antarctica, and uh, and, and it's yeah. and it's so sweet. It's such a sweet and endearing movie. But the best thing about that movie. It's almost like he should redirect. He should redirect the Misfits. Oh my God! Yeah, can you imagine? That'd be perfect. I mean, yeah, you have talked about the, mis- the misfits is just incredible. the one
0: uh, with uh, what's yeah, his name and uh, John. Clark Gable and Marilyn Monroe. Clark Gable, and, uh, Marilyn Monroe, and, uh, and uh, yeah.
2: the Ugly from the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. I can't remember his name. But not, but, about, the Mustangs, about the Mustangs, right? And it's that. Uh, that is a sad and terrifying movie to me. It's really brilliant. Mm. Movie.
0: That movie does not go away. Oh, when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, this
1: is all. This is really a very really very upsetting.
2: and like when the and like. And I think you're right. Like, Herzog would nail that movie because it's all about, like, feeling empathy for these characters. You know, when, like, uh, when Gable is hammered out of his mind and he's, like, climbing up on that truck calling to his kids. I'm just, and he's just like, you know, you come back here now. He was dying, too. It's it's heartbreaking. In real life, he was dying. That was his last movie. He
1: died. When he did that, yeah. yeah.
2: He had cancer. Really, really. So he went and did it. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a strange movie, and a lot of people don't like it because it's so weird. But man, oh man, the three of those. Yeah.
1: I think they don't like it because they see Marilyn in a different way, oh, yeah. and yeah. and uh, people that are so iconic in such a different way. But I think that was part of Houston's genius. Oh, she's so
2: human in that movie. That, she's, it's her, it's her best performance. Oh, she's really, she's incredible.
1: a great
0: actor. Really, really, really. she's a great actor. I know it's Interesting because if you look at her in you know some like it hot, it's like she's playing Marilyn Monroe. But then you realize like oh, but she's she's doing a really yeah. good Marilyn. Like that,
2: Monroe. She knew her, <laughs> yeah, and she you know, did it well.
0: She knew yeah. her shtick and she had it
2: down. And it's like yeah, no, I, lo- I love Monroe. I think yeah. she's uh, she was an underrated actor. She's very very, very talented. talented. And, but it, it wasn't until I saw <laughs> very smart. it wasn't until I saw Misfits that I was like oh shit, she's actually great. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the dude, one that really really, is, great. Yeah, really nails but it. That's a great point, Eric. I would definitely yeah, like really uh, let's nailed. see. Herzog's version of the Misfits would be right on right on point for him. Uh, yeah, like, Could be for Netflix. Oh dude. I think well he has a relationship with Netflix, so you never know. Like and that guy turns out movies pretty quick. Speaking of Net
0: speaking of Netflix, so so do you guys think that Netflix is kind of bringing the coolness back into documentaries in some mm-hmm. ways. Because part of me thinks that this is happening not because of Netflix, but ironically, I think it's happening because of uh, podcasts like Serial. I, for... I think Serial is making documentaries interesting again.
2: I really did uh, love Especially
0: Tom. murder stuff. Anything dealing with yeah. murder is
2: definitely yeah. getting people's attention. Ticket. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, I did, uh, I did, I've only re-listened to the first season of Serial, but it really uh, definitely hooked me, I, I Yes, it did and uh, that started me off on a podcast train. I never connected to the documentaries, but I know that my intake of documentaries is probably going up by like 300% in the past two years, so <laughs> right, fair to say that, uh, that those two things are connected.
0: I saw, I, I listened to the first season of Serial, it was great. Second season was Good, but too political to me. So I didn't really want to get involved in that one too much. Um, uh, I didn't, I don't know if there was a third season. I don't remember if there was. I I did did. listen to
2: S-Town. Oh yeah, S-Town. I listened to that one.
0: S-Town was, S-Town reminds me a lot of this movie, actually. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good call. It's,
0: Uh, It's very similar. Same guy, stressed out isolationist, yep. misunderstood, strange character, strange yeah. character. The whole story takes a turn that you don't expect. You think it's going to be this very like mysterious, like big reveal Hollywood thing. And then the whole story takes a completely different story. Uh, yeah. it was good. It yeah, was really, true. really Eric. Have you listened to S town? No, you should highly work. It's, Highly recommend it. It's uh, one season. I think it's maybe like ten episodes. Maybe uh, it? uh, it's a it's a podcast. Just look up S Town. Stands for Shit Town, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, re- I, it 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 is the it is the most amazing thing to me because the whole story takes in a completely different turn, and every character that you think you flips everything on its head at the end. (laughs) Yes. And everything you real, everything you thought you, you knew, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is turned around in this, in this, and, in in this thing. And, uh, and it's not by design because it's reality, (laughs) which is actually what's so amazing about it. Um, yeah. S town, S town, the letter S town. All right. I'll check it out.
1: Yeah, everybody, its they're pushing, um, I mean. Tiger
0: King <laughs> or no. whatever
1: that. Have you seen that?
0: I haven't seen Tiger King. I don't yeah. necessarily have an interest in that. Um, we should note that this, this, this podcast is getting a little disjointed because unfortunately Dan is losing his internet connection a little bit here and there. It's getting a little spotty. I've now and moved me. to
2: the uh, downstairs bathroom.
0: You moved to the downstairs bathroom? That's good. It's got that nice echo uh, bathroom, bathroom tile echo to it. That's good.
2: It's, uh, and I'm in the, uh, you can't see this, obviously, it's a podcast, but I'm in the dark because if I turn on the uh, light, it uh, comes with a fan. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that off.
0: So you're in a dark bathroom talking and, uh, to a phone.
2: I do this more Dracula style. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll be able to hold the signal this time. Just a little bit closer to the router.
0: Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um we will try my family but you know just in way. case it's, like okay. I don't know like we've lost connection a couple times. I hopefully we'll salvage this podcast uh <laughs> if we can. Um but uh yeah. There's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to be done. Uh but otherwise, we may want to just, just to be safe, we may want to make it cut a little short. Uh, but we'll go from there. I hate to make yeah. it that way. That's right. Um, I, have you guys ever thought about making documentaries? Because I, my first introduction into filmmaking was actually a documentary film class. Oh, nice. And I loved it, I absolutely loved doing it. And, uh, I honestly speaking, I am one of those guys that also like, you kind of have to push over the edge to see a documentary. And every time I do, I like, that was so cool. I love that. But like to, to actually be convinced to sit down and watch a documentary is I'm like everyone else. Like I'm hard to see it. It's like, there's a documentary about a guy who's in, 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 in uh, Alaska with some bears. (laughs) it's going to take me a lot of convincing and saying like our next episode of this is going to be about that. It's like, okay, well, I guess I have to watch it. So that's what made me watch that film, even though I've known about it for years. So, but when you watch it, I love it. And so that's the thing about documentaries is they're very, they're great after you've watched them, but it takes so much energy to convince people to watch them.
2: Well, I think that it's fair to say that a, a great portion of documentaries are done in a pretty TV boring style and, uh, and don't have a lot to say outside of just like factual recitation. And when you get like real great documentarians, they're like making a great movie, um, then it really means something. Something like Grizzly Man is a great example of that. Like there's, you know, where you re- or you watch any of Errol Morris's movies or, uh, you know, where it, like, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of thought and craft that goes into stuff like that, that is, you know, when you watch a regular history channel thing where it's just sort of like grinding through, you know, here's how, uh, you know, uh, uh, this part of history happened, like, it it doesn't really have a statement to it, it's just a, uh, a boring classroom. But I think that Netflix, uh, unlike every other streaming service, it's sort of gotten a handle on that and is, uh, like, they have their regular you know like episodic uh history shows and stuff like that, but their actual docs have gotten quite great um and uh uh and really uh, you know like real like these are these are movies that I'm glad that they are being released on Netflix because they're good enough to be in a theater, but when documentaries go to theaters, they don't make any money and they don't get seen
0: right, yeah. So what's also interesting is like that it is great content for them and people really gravitate on towards Mm -hmm. them. Netflix is such a great platform. But what's fascinating is like two two genres that have kind of like blossomed out of Netflix are documentaries and uh, comedy specials.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You know what I
0: mean? Because they're both so cheap to make. Right. So cheap to make right? So it's just a passion project, there's a bunch of editing, or or it's just some guy who did his comedy special. And so the passion that goes into the subject matter is always very, very, very high, but the production is cheap as hell, right? <laughs> so right. so like it, a, a comedy special, there's like people who do work on comedy specials, they work on it for like two years before it goes becomes a comedy special, right? right. Yeah. It's right. very hard. And then So, and then suddenly like, all you got to do is like, you're going to go into this theater. We're going to set up five cameras and we'll film you. We may do it over a course of several nights and edit it and et cetera, et cetera. And then you're done. And that's great.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: And there you got, you've got all the passion that is brewed up inside of this person, splayed out on camera and it costs you like $50,000 to shoot.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. At it's most. It. It's cost saving and it's also, uh, it really gets you. Like, there's like, there's, I, I don't know about you guys. I know we've talked about it a little bit before, but like, you know, sometimes during these COVID times, it's hard for me to take on watching things that are serious or downbeat. Like, I'm just like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I can handle, you know. Uh, yeah, and thanks for recommending copyright.
0: this movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Totally. Was like, like, what
2: is he thinking? I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm so, I'm so I think, glad. By that... the way,
1: I think you scrugged it when you just came up with it. You're like you know what? Just go, Grizzly do Man. You know
2: what? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> well, I had seen it the previous night, and I was like, "Good." That gets yeah, you scrugsd it. Admit
1: it. You <laughs> scrugsd it, and that's fine. But when you that's said a, Grizzly yeah, it Man, I was that. like, "Oh, it seems like a Scruggs it That's the first thing I said.
2: Um, Dude, what's funny is I actually watched Buster Scruggs twice since I've seen Grizzly Man. So I've I've squirksed it three times.
0: You know what's also interesting is that, I, you know what I was watching when you recommended that? And I I, I still haven't finished it for some effed up reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's also a movie that is one of those things that maybe not the best time to watch the movie is Lighthouse.
2: (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. It okay. is
0: really good. It yeah. is really good. Available on Amazon. <laughs> William foe is f- fucking full. I mean this is a, you know, theatrical uh, acting tour de force. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But in in the in these times when we're dealing with isolation that is not, yeah, not, not the, the best movie 19 movie. Yes, I sir. was
1: going to tell you that yesterday because it's on uh Netflix now is uncut um, Uncut Gems. And- yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I watched it. it. Yeah, is it good? Uh yeah. It's yeah. it's dark, but it's awesome. Okay, Can't is wait. it going to piss
0: wait. me off the same way that Good Time pissed me off?
1: Well, it's, <laughs> here's the thing, Chris and Dan, you can back me up on this. It's sophisticated and smart, and you might have problems with some of the themes. <laughs> But I still think you should give it a You're shot.
0: Best, you saying. are a douchebag. It's <laughs> not.
1: Look, that was not yes. a negative. I'm just yes. saying. Yes. When they You're talk calling
0: me that. a dumb shit, and <laughs> I that's didn't say not. That. You. you did.
1: I just said the theme. You kind of said
0: you. Like you that. do not like sophisticated and smart. You're basically calling me a Republican for saying that. No, yeah, well, let's I'm
2: not. Just I'm going to do that around. Good in it's like, well, a nice guy podcast.
0: <laughs> i am i am taking magical leaps of ridiculous insults uh way out there do you
1: remember the one last week dan how i thought about it uh, or when the last time we did it and uh when i was like you know what i do a, a, a train podcast i thought about <laughs> what i was saying like uh, did he we lose him no no i'm still here i'm laughing do you remember like yeah. when we did the video or the the runaway train and oh, yeah. I, in, I said, yeah, I do a train podcast,
2: so I don't really want to talk about trains so much. <laughs> yeah, the Lionel, uh, Lionel trains. <laughs> if you want to come had Rod on Stewart podcast. on last week. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: who was the rock star who does all the train stuff? Uh, a, Rod yeah, Stewart.
2: That's right. Rod Stewart yeah. has a fantastic hand-built train set, which is a strange thing to admit when you're 70 years old. That you've yeah. secretly been a train enthusiast all your life. Yeah, I can quite see beautiful.
0: It, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's so secret; it's just not public knowledge.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's nothing you put on your album cover. That that looks like uh, yeah. a, a different kind of uh, flavor than Stuart wanted to project. <laughs> Do you like my train set? <laughs> not <the> set. Not <laughs> uh, <laughs> <the> set. <laughs> Dude,
0: that wow! I just figured that out. Yeah, Do that you like so my train my set? Ain't yeah. <laughs>
2: It's
1: good. That was a good time, man. He also did Young Turks that song. Oh, Mr.
2: his glory days. That, that, was... that
1: was like honestly, and I love him with with Jeff Beck group, like Truth. He like,
2: did.
0: Uh, uh uh he did a, a, a the the more popular remake of a Robbie Robinson's song called Broken Arrow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I... and Robbie I love the Robbie Robinson version, yeah, I'm but I'm a big
2: fan of Robbie. Robinson. But it's it's the best. but the Rod Stewart
0: one, the Rod Stewart one, and I usually like you know he's going to do the Poppy version, but his voice was so good, and yeah, and I think true. that that Rod Stewart did a did a better version of that song, honestly yeah. speaking. Yeah,
2: but it's uh, a gorgeous song.
0: Man. Broken Air is a beautiful song. Oh my God, I was obsessed about it with with that song in college.
1: I love that album. Do
0: you remember he Robertson, did the, yeah. the didn't? Uh what's her name? Uh what he uh uh Marcine
1: or whatever from X? Rod
0: Stewart was married to what's her name, the the supermodel Hunter, something Hunter? Yes. And uh she was in the music video for that 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 song. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very attractive lady. Rachel Hunter. Rachel Hunter. Hunter. There it is That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: But you have not finished know. the lighthouse.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I can't. Like somehow, like it's a struggle for me. Oh, I hear you. The lighthouse. It's <laughs> it's hard. That movie
2: it's, is hard to watch, it's a dude. Crazy film. I've seen that many times now. I own that movie on uh, Prime, and uh, I, I have it play often. Well, it's on Prime
0: for free, so I don't need to. Uh, buy yes, it. it is now. I bought. I bought. It,
2: I bought it previously, and. Uh, and then, like the day after I bought it, they put it on. <laughs> right, nice. but still, I would have paid for it anyway. I love it so much. But, like that was actually like because I like the guy's first film, The Witch, which was pretty good. Um, I
0: did not like The Witch.
2: Yeah, I, I thought The Witch was like oh, like I was hoping it would be um, like people it really did not remember. resolve
0: itself. I yeah, am it very.
2: I, I it, it was
0: like. I don't know where you're going, and then you like do the thing, and it's like, no, this is.
2: I yeah, he didn't really pull off going. the trick he was trying to set up. Like, I don't out.
0: know. I, I I haven't finished the lighthouse for some reason. I, I I'm not kidding you. I think I'm about two thirds of the way through it. Uh, yeah. And this is my bite. fourth seating. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: some yeah. and it's what not that i don't it?
0: it's not that i don't want to watch it is that i keep getting interrupted or oh. something happens sure and yeah. i just sort of like no no i gotta stop it and everything else and it's the imagery in this is is amazing the acting is oh, unbelievable it's it's, yeah it's Powerous. so
2: funny it's so funny and so weirdly scary it's there's no other movie i've seen it unlike it in years it's like the dialogue yeah is
0: so well written as well. So the
2: the, the line William the lines Defoe. that William
0: Defoe is giving and like he goes on these long <laughs> rants, I'm like, holy crap, that I can't imagine
2: Cursey delivering Winslow. that <laughs> that line. So I know you like my lobster, don't you?
0: <laughs> I know you like my lobster, don't you? Lie it <laughs>
2: I gotta watch that. Maybe I'll watch. Yeah, it.
0: and then it's got yeah, what's it's his name? name, Patterson, right? Pattinson, and he's yeah. Pattinson. He's, yeah, he's great. He's just
2: great. I love that he I'm, just takes weird chances.
0: Yeah, the the bird the bird slaughter
2: scene, like like again, incredible. I haven't seen the whole thing. Like incredible. Oh. You, and you got some good stuff. You haven't even gotten the really good stuff. I know, I know. I Haven't gotten to all the good <laughs> stuff.
0: I know. So I can't. We can't really talk about it. Maybe we should do a podcast about it at some point because that is. Uh, I would definitely do a lighthouse. That's a thing. That's a thing. That's fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I I just, I want to be safe because I know like your internet's been a little bit spotty and I don't want to, I don't want to break it right now. Um, Yeah. So we may just cut it a little bit short uh, on the documentary stuff. I I would love to talk about documentaries uh, for for longer. So uh, maybe we could start thinking about adding more documentaries to our list at some point. If yep. our listeners have a documentary that's obscure or something that you think would be perfect for Martini giant, actually we would love to hear that, uh, uh, that recommendation. So make Absolutely. sure and contact us, uh, on your thoughts on documentaries. Uh, where can they reach us? Dan?
2: Uh, they can, uh, hit us up at, uh, Martini giant, uh, at Martini giant at Twitter. And uh, martini underscore giant on uh, in Instagram. And, yep. uh, and podcast at martinigiant.com. Is that right? Podcast? Yes. No. No? No? Uh don't, Facebook. Facebook.com that uh Facebook.com <laughs>
0: slash martini giant is our yes. Facebook page. Facebook page. Uh, we have a website as well, which is uh martini But if you want to email us, it's podcast.martinigiant.com That's the what right, correct word. Right. That's right. yeah. That's right. Uh, so, but yeah, or, or, and stuff. that's actually the best way. Just just email podcast at martini and say, All right, guys, I want this documentary done and then it will we'll We'll figure that out from there.
2: Um, and uh, we're relatively responsive on Twitter, especially if you come at me with, "Why the hell did you like Rise of Skywalker so much?" I think that's a perfect yes, question. Which I, I still see haven't seen.
0: <laughs> I still have not seen that. I did actually uh, uh, suck up and and just or sucked it up and subscribed to Disney Plus finally. Oh, nice. Uh, um, it's fine. Yeah, that's all the stuff with it. Yeah. Here's a question, right? So you when you when you subscribe to these channels or any channel like Hulu or Netflix or whatever, you 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 watch the thing that you're supposed to watch, like Stranger Things or Mandalorian sure. or whatever, and then you end up watching the thing that you kinda just want to have on in the background all the time, right? Mm-hmm. The Fraser. Right? Like Fraser, right? Mm-hmm. So you know what what our Disney Plus thing that we have in the background all, all the time now is?
2: The Bud movies. The what? The Airbud movies.
0: No. 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 <laughs> Phineas and Ferb.
2: Oh yeah, no it's great. Great show. Great
0: show. Phineas and Ferb is a fantastic
2: show. Great music, awesome style, hilarious. Oh, the one writing is yeah, superb.
0: Perfect. The writing is so good.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a truly great one. Uh and uh, often we quote the uh the uh zombie uh uh Doofenshmirtz episode with uh, more Do of Finchmers. me, more of Doofenshmirtz. Yeah.
0: <laughs> good, uh, uh, yeah. It, the the, the, the movie is actually very good. Uh, 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 the two and a half dimension
2: movie. Oh, nice, nice.
0: Yeah, um, have
1: you guys seen Ozark at all? I have not yet. No, I watched we watched the first after, like...
0: season of it. I was yeah. okay with it, and it was, it got me excited, and then it was kind of lost its, I lost its interest after a little bit. After season two, maybe after season one, I'm not sure. Why? I've been watching it. I like it. It's great. It's great. Yeah.
1: Like I oh, actually I need... meant, um,
0: There's so quick. much stuff that I haven't f- I fin I haven't finished watching. Like like uh, Barry. I have I I, I, oh. I hadn't fin- Oh god, I haven't so finished good. Barry yet. Barry. You know.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. A great. One. that's one of my favorites in a long time. Uh, I am currently yeah, very much I mean, we're,
0: we're mostly caught up. I just like the last season, like I'm missing like four episodes at the end. It's just that there's so much stuff to watch, you know? It's
2: right. Well, I did and- uh, finally catch up on all my Supernatural for the past uh, many, many seasons that I missed. I think I watched uh, seven seasons straight uh, in about a week and a half, two weeks. And wow. uh, that's a lot of Supernatural. And now I know that the final season is going to be on Netflix starting on the 5th. I'm very excited about that. And I'm preparing myself to be um, quite sad when it finishes. Yeah. Werewolves, hot dudes, it's my zone. Okay. But I also want to recommend uh, The Great on Hulu, which is hysterically funny and uh, brought to you by the people who did The Favorite. Um, and it's very much like a TV show version of the favorite. It's very. It's, uh, it's about Catherine the Great, and uh, I don't think it's factually accurate, but it's incredibly funny. And uh, what's the show called? Uh, it's called The Great, Great. and uh, it has Nicholas Holt and uh, I think L. Fanning, uh, and uh, uh, and uh, Holt plays uh, 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 Catherine the Great's um, husband Peter, and. Uh, and he is uh, he is hysterically funny at being an awful person.
0: <laughs> the, the one what was it? Uh, well, oh yes, that's what I was going to mention. Uh, we we're talking about streaming channels, HBO Max. Oh, yeah. Just right. came book, out today as we're recording this, so people will know exactly how how old this episode is when we talk about it. So interesting thing. So I was trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on with HBO Max? And I'm gonna get a little bit techie and a little bit political in this argument, so Love. bear with me. So if you HBO has been a network Channel for a long time, and they were known for delivering edgy content, including starting to create their own personal content that was HBO content that would be things that would fit on HBO. So, things like Game of Thrones and Kirby Enthusiasm, and I think Veep did Veep start on HBO, I think, or Showtime, yes, I don't they, remember. No, right. No, so, so all that stuff was all HBO stuff, and all it was really cool. And so, they were known for really good, sort of edgy content like stuff that was like that's not fit for network television, but it's perfect for HBO. HBO right. became that channel, right? And so uh, a lot of people, as people were cutting the cable, that was the hard thing they had to deal with. And so they didn't know what to do. So what HBO did is if you were, you had cable and you subscribed to HBO on cable, you, they knew that Netflix was the model to to go with. So they created something called HBO Go. And what that was was if you were a subscriber of HBO on cable, you could get HBO Go for free and basically it gave you access to all the HBO shows like they're on Netflix. But you had to be a subscriber of HBO on cable. And that's what it was for a while and then finally the the like why can't I just get hBO go without owning cable because I cut the cable anyway, so finally, they found a way to make that happen, and they created something called hBO now, so that allowed people to get hBO without having cable and the only difference was HBO go was free if you already subscribed to hBO hBO now you paid $15 a month for it, which was high price because at that time, Netflix was like right. $9, right? So now you have HBO Now that is available for anyone. So I subscribe to HBO Now because I cut my cable and okay. I have HBO Now and I had all the cable stuff. So then what's interesting is that HBO got bought and consult con- uh, everything by AT&T. So AT&T owns Game of Thrones. Think about that. Your phone company ah. that gives you your cell phone service owns the rights of Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones. They own that and they own Warner Brothers and they own a bunch of, they own fucking Harry Potter. AT&T right. owns Harry Potter, right? Like all, right. it's just freaking crazy. So they decided to create something because HBO had created a name for itself in this realm because they are like, we're going to be smart about this and go the Netflix route. They kept the HBO name and then created a third channel called HBO Max, which is now available. Now, HBO Max is a competitor to Hulu and Netflix and Disney and all that stuff. $15 Fifteen dollars right. a month, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you get all the stuff that you had on HBO now, plus all this extra stuff that you didn't get before, such as all Same. the all the Harry Potters and Friends. Friends seems to be the number one thing they're advertising, which oh, is yeah. insane. Well, that
1: was a huge hit for and a Family networks. Guy. I uh, know, and uh, South Park. Yep,
0: right. Because, like, but Friends yeah. is like the millennial, like fucking, you know, uh, 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 nectar right now. Millennial yes, nectar absolutely. is is Friends. I I don't understand right. this. This is a show that was centered around my generation, Gen X, and mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, okay, and I guess I'm just embittered by it. And but but somehow millennials like they love Friends. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. Yeah. I just don't understand it. Yeah. I just don't
2: understand it. Yeah. I saw uh, all of that show. I really like the first 3 seasons. I
0: think it's extremely fun. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun, but it's not like, listen, dude, there's better TV out there than Friends. Yes. Way better TV <laughs> out there <laughs> than much
2: Friends, great. right?
0: And and then, like I, listen, and we were talking to a guy who watches a lot of Frasier, a lot of Frasier, mm-hmm. and that's because mainly because my my son loves it and that's his relaxation thing, which is odd because he's the youngest person in the family, but um <laughs> the f- Frasier is way better written than Friends. Way better written. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah. the first
2: two seasons of Frasier especially are like that is tip top best Oof. of TV ever. Yeah. Unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. Yeah. All, all good, uh, but uh, the first two seasons are flawless.
0: It towards the end, as with all sitcoms it gets too uh a soap opery. But anyway, yeah. um so so now it's suddenly so now HBO Max exists, right? Mm-hmm.
2: HBO like, Go now. Okay.
0: <laughs> and uh, now all the articles that are coming out on the internet is like, let's help this confusion because you have HBO, HBO on your TV, HBO Go, HBO Now, and HBO Max. And what the fuck is going on with all this stuff? So mm-hmm. the point being, if I, me as a consumer who's already bought HBO Now, And it cost me $14 a month. Technically, all of that is going away and it's going to become HBO Max. I see. So I should have HBO Max available for me for all stuff. So basically, HBO now goes away and HBO Max becomes a new norm. You would think. Not the case. Because, yes. Because if you look at where you can get HBO Max, two notable places it's missing. Mm. Amazon.
2: Oh right. Yeah. Meaning if you have Which an Amazon Fire stick,
0: right? If you have an mm. Amazon Fire Stick or an Amazon TV or anything that goes through Amazon Prime, that's one that's missing. And the second one is Roku.
1: Ah, <laughs> right. Wow. right?
0: Uh, those two combined represent 70% of the streaming market in the United States. No
1: kidding. that's
0: 70%, right? So, and I said, like, why is it missing from those two platforms? It's available on Apple TV. It's available on Android TV. It's available on your, all these different channels, but notably not... Amazon or Roku, because they didn't strike a deal. Uh, yes, it's not yeah. about whether it's possible or not. It's about the deals they make on these mm-hmm. platforms, and they didn't strike the right deal. And the what it really, really, really comes down to, and it's something that's very close to me, is net neutrality,
1: oh, because. Yes. It's all about
0: AT&T, remember where we started with this, AT&T owns those platforms and if you have an AT&T account for your phone, you can get HBO Max for free. So you choose, yes.
1: I have an AT&T phone. Uh, Yes, Yes. exactly my point.
0: (laughs) they are favoring you what network you see and what you don't see you have at&t great you get our content that's your incentive to use us as opposed to anyone else and if you choose anyone else you have to pay yep that's the problem with net neutrality all internet, Chris, the, whole, Chris, the whole argument who for people it. for net neutrality <laughs> is all internet should be dumb pipes. It doesn't yes. matter what it is. It comes in, it comes out. But it, this is about the AT&T that controls a big portion of the internet in the United States that now controls content. Yes, It's all going right. to Damn. decide who gets to see our content and who doesn't get to see our content. And basically like AT&T decided that, kind of that people who are on Amazon, <laughs> people who have Amazon TVs are not going to be able to see their content and they decide that. That is the problem. That is, that is so anti-net neutrality. It's unbelievable, which is basically what the Republicans wanted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm going political about this. I already mentioned it, but it's like you are fucking kidding me. Nope. No Amazon. No Roku.
2: That's right. And the, which is which is funny because I it doesn't seem like that is, you know, if I'm taking if I were to take the Republican stance, I would expect them to say what is good for all businesses, right? That's what you want. Right? You want competition between them. Here's the
0: irony. Right? Here is the irony but
2: about this because I have I have
0: happening. I have a relative of mine, I have a relative of mine who's very here I have a relative of mine who's very very uh hardcore Republican and I had a <clears> conversation <throat> with him about uh, uh, about um net neutrality. And I was saying, don't you think that, you know, everyone, you know, like all, all internet that comes through should be treated the same, like whatever it is, like it should be just, i pipe piping goes, absolutely. It's like, do you realize that that is the number one stance that net, that, that I, when you say you're against net neutrality, that is actually, you're arguing the opposite point of view when you said what you did. That's because they've been delivered information that's false, yes, and that's the lobbyists that are going and saying, uh, "This absolutely. is evil. This is whatever," and they're like, right. "Yes, because Democrats want this, and so blah blah blah." So that's what, I want. and then they're like, "But don't you think that everyone should have the same information through whatever internet pipe they want?" It's like, absolutely. It's like, do you realize that what you just said, you're against net neutrality, means? You oppose what you just said. You're for. Well,
2: this is like this is no no fault to my Republican friends who are Republican, but like this is what these groups and lobbyists and companies aim to do. Oh, they're they very good at that. Create. They change the word they so that it makes you say, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah, and so like they. they and the same thing like,
0: happens on the Democrat side. I'm not going to absolutely. Yeah. absolutely,
2: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But this is the. But it's uh, like with the uh, you know, what they had on, uh, on it was one of the late night shows. You know, they went and interviewed everyone on the street. They're like. Um, how do you feel about you know the uh, uh, the Care act? And they're like, well, yeah, right. I'm for that. Well, how do you feel about Obamacare? Oh, I'm against that.
0: It's, it's like the it's same, the same thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. And the idea is that they they want to make things as confusing as possible. And unfortunately, net neutrality was never something that was easy to explain to the that was population. the most
0: brilliant thing about about the freaking Democrats is they just basically called it Obamacare. Just to mm-hmm. to say you are you vote against this because it's Obama, it had nothing to right. do with what it was. They all loved what it right. was, but it had the word Obama in it, so they're automatically against it. So yeah, so vote against. Let's that. not no, get like into Obama's this. So I know Obama's I'm right. like I'm gonna yeah. get into the, yeah You're going down that road, going down that this road. Is the,
2: like when it comes when it comes to media and our access to media, like this is the same thing that happened with like when filmstruck collapsed. You know, like that was. That was a giant frustration because like, in like, I'm very happy with the Criterion network, uh, Criterion channel. I love it. But it's not as good as Filmstark was. Filmstark what was, was the deal with was,
1: quickly that why Filmstark went down? Uh,
2: because uh, there are rights problems with uh, all of the old. Uh, Warner Brothers stuff. Yeah. Warner and which Br- is basically. Uh, because, back, of the, because of the sale to AT&T.
0: Same yeah. thing with AT&T. It's the same deal. Yeah. It's the same deal yeah. with AT&T. Uh,
2: and they, so, so, so we're, we're getting all this, all this stuff pulled out of our hands constantly because, of these, yes, like, because AT&T
0: wants control of the media. And it's it's a, it's a really fascinating subject.
1: How uh, come there's no antitrust laws against them right now? Or at least
2: there are antitrust. They laws are. Laws oh, they are constantly. <laughs> this is a, this <laughs> is, is the big thing.
0: Yeah. AT it, Like they, like, like Sprint exactly. and T-Mobile merging. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Ugh, so this, is the thing. Like the, this is the whole point. The whole point of net neutrality is to prevent that shit from happening. And exactly. they're like, so yeah, no, they're, no, it's no. Provide
2: an equal playing field for everybody, which is no. I think everyone yeah. could agree on that. But they they failed to explain it all. Yeah, it's. Been it's tough it, stuff.
0: I've been following net neutrality for a long time, and I and and the fact that this happened today, and it controls what I can and can't see, and 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 the fact that I have a Roku device attached to my TV because I wanted something that was a neutral (laughs) ground. It wasn't Apple, it wasn't controlled by Amazon, it wasn't controlled by anything. Roku was a little bit more neutral. I know they're buying and selling my information, fine, whatever, they all are, right? But Roku at least was not a media company. Apple and uh, Amazon is. and. Roku is not allowed to have uh, uh, HBO Max because yeah. of a deal, and it's just like mm. fuck
2: you. It, it really is Game of Thrones. <laughs> it is. I think that's what, it's, it's media Game of Thrones. That's all that's happening. That's all that's happening. And we're yeah, just no, going to be it's stuck
0: with mediocrity for a long time. I,
2: yeah, I mean, like, I, I hate the idea of like the fact that I, the movies that I quote own right on streaming. Uh, I don't actually own them, and they'll disappear no. from time to time because of some rights problem. I only right. have the I only have the right to uh, to watch it if it's available to watch. But I never I never actually own the own the uh, copy of the data, uh, right. and because of that, like you know, there's movies that I've had on my list for years, and they just just dis- disappear. You know, I just don't have access to them. You know, I spent the money on it, but I don't get to keep it, and uh, and that seems like kind of a that's not a that's not a square deal to me. That seems a little bit. <sighs> that's how All that right. stuff works dude no. it is shaky alright I'm, I'm going to wrap it up
0: it. I'm going to wrap it up because I, I'm, I'm getting angry and I don't want to sound like a angry person <laughs> feisty but you know it uh, It was good I think I think the fact that we covered documentaries and the fact that we covered this one was a great one to cover uh, there's a lot of documentaries I think that we should still think about covering um and, uh, I still think that we have, we're on the verge of new mediums for filmmaking, uh, and mm-hmm. platforms to watch them in. Uh, so I think it's, um, it's a good thing. So I really appreciate you, uh, uh, uh suggesting this one, Dan, for sure.
2: No, I'm glad you guys for liked sure. it. It's definitely a big favorite of mine. And, uh, I want to, I just want to say blanket style. Like if you, if anyone in the audience likes this movie. You can't go wrong with Werner Herzog. In every direction, he's amazing. So uh, definitely, uh, but I would say, but the, the immediate follow-up is uh, watch uh, uh, Encounters at the End of the World, uh, which Encounters is at great, the World. Yeah, it's uh, oh. it, it will connect very. It's sort of like the light comedy version of Chris Man*. It'll it'll wash the depression out of your out of your soul. <laughs> is
0: it is it is it is it uh, is it uh, on available on Amazon or Netflix as well?
2: So. i believe uh, it's on amazon it's not uh, on prime but i think you can get it for like okay. you can rent it for like three bucks um sure sure and sure, sure. Uh, sure like a, a a great little addendum to that addendum to that is that this movie is tremendous they have this beautiful um photography underwater where they're uh filming divers underneath uh swimming underneath the um underneath the yeah, ice that's really gorgeous and the uh, what's but what's great is they, they shot so much beautiful footage of this incredibly alien landscape that Herzog then, after he put the movie out, he took all that footage and edited it together into a different movie, um, which is fictional with Brad Dureth narrating over this footage as if he's a space alien who's coming to, to Earth. That's wow. the kind of filmmaker that Werner Herzog is. And that's why it's that's so, so great. Much. Yeah. That's called Wild Blue Yonder. It's also awesome. Wow, there you go. He's incredible. One of my all-time heroes. Now, Isn't
1: that true, Dan, that in Wild Blue Yonder, he called Ridley Scott and used uh, some scenes from the forest from the end of Blade Runner?
2: I think that's true. Yeah, yeah the clearance from Warner Brothers, and that's why it's... Uh, no, I thought the end yet. of
0: Blade... I thought the only... end of Blade... I thought the end of Blade Runner Shining. came from...
1: Was the was the Shining. Shining. yeah. I know, yeah. that was a joke. That was an error.
2: No, I think they, they, they put up the uh, the new cut on Roku, uh, finally, and... It would be the, so great use... to
1: do a tracking, like, overhead shot of a forest and a car driving. Like, wait that's a minute, right. yeah, it's a little end of the Shining. They use all the, the outtakes from it. Dr.
2: Sleep this time, and it all makes sense. Perfect.
1: All right, all right, all right.
2: <laughs> that's genius. Genius. All right, gentlemen. That was lovely.
0: Thank you guys. Uh yeah, our our episodes are a little bit shorter these days, which is fine. Uh no one needs to be hanging out for 3 hours and that's fine. Sorry for the connection uh, problems. Though. No, Can no, no, no we'll work it out. We're we'll all work it out. So yeah, so we'll, we'll it'll be fine. I'll 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 make it seem seamless. It'll seem like one episode even though most people <laughs> won't realize Either. that Dan cut out, like, several times during the episode.
2: For a 20 minutes piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: all good. All right, guys. Are you ready to do this? We're going to try to do this with as minimal latency as possible. The year possible. All right. Ready? Drink.
1: Talk. Drink.